0: It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the the, the Haystack Haystack Show Show. with Mike Guido. Guido.
1: And it is a Thursday. And it's the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, radio, WorldwideSportsRadio.com. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, my producer, Monica Ray, Big J journalist. It's good to have you here on a Thursday. Monica, Friday, good morning. Jr. Good morning. Woohoo. Good morning. Uh plenty of stuff to go over today. Uh Thursday, I told you, I told I teased this yesterday and I teased it last week. Today, we have our postseason MLB award show. Uh MVP gets given out tonight, right, Evan? I Cy Young was does. yesterday It was DeGrom and Digger Verlander DeGrom,
2: Two years in a row Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah Shut up Yes That's as much glory as you're going to get as a Mets Listen, fan Listen,
2: we got Pete Alonso at DeGrom As rookie of the year at Cy Young So we are going to celebrate it as much as we can That is that's exactly right. right
1: Yeah, It's better than winning a World Series, right?
2: That's right
1: Okay uh, So that's coming up a little bit later uh, Buy or sell We do that every Thursday It's coming up at the end of the show that. today I do want to begin with this So when you're in a marriage, you have to make decisions that might not be best for you necessarily, but better for the future. You've got to make, uh, you know, like if you have young kids, if you want to get divorced, you try to make it work, at least for a little bit, just for the betterment of them, right? So you've, you know, you and your spouse haven't been working out for a while, and it's it's getting a little rough, but you've got a 13-year-old and an 11-year-old, and you're just... You're like, okay, I, listen, they're at the age right now where they're kind of impressionable. We don't want them to, you know, feel, we don't want it to affect them in the future, so let's just stay together, wait till the kids are out of the house, and then we'll, we'll try to work this things out. Okay, it, I completely understand that notion. The Browns have to do that with Freddie Kitchens. They absolutely have to hold on for Freddie Kitchens for the betterment of Baker Mayfield. Okay, so the Browns, they play the Steelers tonight on Thursday night football. It should, and I honestly think it's in Cleveland. Uh, this should be a good football game. It should not be a blowout in either way. I think that this could, be a, this could be a very good football game. But I saw an interesting thing this morning. The last six Browns head coaches have been fired after a game where they've played the Steelers. Uh-oh. The last six bad so this is becoming a trend now that's weird right isn't that interesting yeah that's the last maybe six head coaches
3: maybe this head coach shouldn't show up tonight
1: yeah well <laughs> well it's got a lot of people saying does greg williams w-
2: does greg williams count because <laughs> greg williams is let go after a loss to the ravens so does he count
1: no he does not count okay he does not count
2: plus he was interim okay
1: right so hugh jackson and mike Patton. right mike petten those guys like that eric mangini like so, a lot of people, it's got a lot of people saying, well, this could, this is bad news for Freddie Kitchens. This is not going to be good for Freddie Kitchens. He's not even going to, like what Monica said, he's not even going to want to show up tonight. Right. <laughs> if, they, if they don't win. <laughs> but on the
3: flip side, if he wins, will he get a an increase in pay or position? No. Or no,
1: party? no, 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 no. I mean, Some the Browns
2: haven't. The, I mean, the locker room? I mean, the Browns yeah. haven't beaten the Steelers in, that, like, a couple of years or whatever. And they, There's they, they always ran, a chance. They rarely beat the Steelers, so.
1: <laughs> so, Here's my thing. I am begging you, John Dorsey. I'm <laughs> begging you, Jimmy Haslam, to not fire Freddie Kitchens after tonight. If you lose to the Steelers tonight, do not fire Freddie Kitchens. Okay? You have to think about it like this. You are in a marriage with Freddie Kitchens. Okay? Okay? He was the guy you dated last year. okay? He was originally your running back's coach. You made him into the offensive coordinator when you fired Hugh Jackson. And your offense got better. So there was potential there. So you hired him as head coach. And like Connor Rogers said said to us yesterday, Baker Mayfield had a part in that. Baker Mayfield went up to John Dorsey and said, this is the guy I want coaching our team. So you handpicked Freddie Kitchens to be the head coach of this team. Here's my problem. The first thing is, and there's two points to this. The first thing is, you cannot and absolutely cannot give Baker Mayfield his fourth coach in three years. You can't do it, Mike. Uh, who was it? Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. Greg Williams. Greg Williams. Uh, Freddie Kitchens. And who was the one before that?
2: For Baker Mayfield? Yeah. No, that was it. It was Hugh. Ja- it's Hugh Jackson. Huge action oh, I'm sorry. Layers. Yes.
1: No, yes, you're right. But if you fire Freddie Kitchens, it's it going to be four. To four. Yeah. It's going to be four. Yeah. You cannot give Baker Mayfield his fourth head coach in three years. You can't. Yeah. that
3: would I'm be sorry.
1: Bad. Okay. I, I've always said this, and this is kind of on the same boat why I don't think the Jets should fire Adam Gase. You know, it, like I've said, you've got to make a decision. Would you rather have maybe, if you know the coach isn't going to work out, would you rather. Fire the coach, force your young quarterback to work, to learn yet another playbook, or do you want to maintain some sort of organizational stability? Because right now the Browns, I think the the choice is pretty easy. You've got to maintain that organizational stability. Baker Mayfield is a guy that needs that. Okay, he likes Freddie Kitchens. He likes what the offense is right now, the offense, I I bet he wish he wasn't feeling pressure as much as he should, but that's offensive line talent. Yeah, you've got to retain Freddie Kitchens. Okay, when you're, Baker Mayfield is your young teenage kid, that's impressionable. You don't want to give him the impression that, well, being in the NFL is, you know, know, I got to keep filtering coaches. No, it's not the way the NFL is supposed to work, but you have to make this. Again, you drafted Baker Mayfield with the number one overall pick in the draft a couple of years ago. You have to make this, as, as crazy as this is going to sound, you have to make this as least Cleveland Browns as you possibly could. Set aside the dysfunction. Ooh, bless you. you. God bless you. Thank you. You've ta- got to set aside being the Cleveland Browns for a little bit. You hear me? Okay, look. When you're like I like I keep saying, it, when you're in a marriage, you've got to like you've got to at least make it so your kids don't say, well, I I guess that's that's life, right? You know, they shouldn't understand it that young. Okay, if, if Baker Mayfield was a was an eight year veteran, he's thirty one, thirty two years old. Then by all means, if a head coach doesn't work out, fire Freddie Kitchens. That's fine. But this is a guy who's twenty four years old. He's in his second year in the NFL. You absolutely cannot dump his uh, dump another parent for him. And, and look, I bash Baker Mayfield all the time. I think his upside is not nearly as big as we originally thought. But if you want any chance of allowing this kid to survive in this landscape, you got to keep Freddie Kitchens. You cannot force him to learn another playbook. You can't force him to have another head coach in these three years. You just can't do it. He's already an unstable quarterback. You can't give him an unstable environment. You just can't. The second thing is, and this is why, again, you've got to hang on to Freddie Kitchens, no matter what happens tonight, or honestly, no matter what happens for the remainder of this year, and again, the remainder of next year. If you are a coaching candidate, that would be take that would I guess be in contention for the Cleveland Browns job. What part of this job is attractive to you? You get nothing. You you get an organization that t- listen, stuff doesn't work out. You're out the door the first year, or maybe maybe you don't even last that long. You get a quarterback who's a little bit moody and a little bit um, not easy to deal with. I'll say that. You get a terrible offensive line. Okay, you get another diva wide receiver that everybody is begging you to trade what part of this job is attractive there isn't any part of this job that's attractive okay think about it like this monica i'm gonna ask you okay oh would you rather and, and this, is a, this is a serious question okay if you knew the guy that you were going on a date with
3: mm-hmm.
1: has had three different short-lived marriages and i mean like he's was married for a year, maybe was married for two years, then, you know, married for a year and a half to some other woman, wouldn't it give you the message of, uh, this guy might not be um, safe?
3: say this guy's a player.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'm not, into, you, I'm not
3: into that player scene.
1: But if you, let's say, and the guy could be divorced. Let's say he was married for a number of years. He's got one divorce under his belt, but comes off as a nice guy, whatever. It, they could come off as the same way, right? But it, his background only includes one divorce, one somewhat long-lived marriage. That guy just automatically becomes safer, right? He's, Correct. All right, maybe I can feel a little bit more comfortable with this guy. If this guy's been divorced three times, it's like, uh, okay, um, uh, thank you, but... Right. No, thank you. Exactly. Why would anybody want to date the Cleveland Browns after three different divorces in the last two years? It just doesn't make sense. The guy who head coached your team after you, after you brought him in as a defensive, uh, he was a defensive coordinator, then became the head coach after you fired Hugh Jackson, you didn't even keep him. You got rid of him. And then you bring in Freddie Kitchens, you, you fire him either after tonight or after this year, and you expect somebody to be attracted to your job?
3: Yeah.
1: You're going to get embarrassed by the organization. Nobody wants that. Well, that's— Especially not—like, there's going to be some straggler out there that's going to want, okay, uh, I could take this Cleveland Browns job, and and I, I could try to make the most of it. You know— because it might be the only job he can get. But do you think a real, legitimate head coaching candidate that's going to be legitimately better than Freddie Kitchens is going to want that job? You're not going to get any of the top college guys. You're not going to get any of the top NFL coordinators or any of the ex-NFL head coaches. You're not getting Mike McCarthy. Okay, You're not getting Lincoln Riley. You're not getting Matt Rule. You're not getting any of those guys. Not, you're just not. You're not getting... Um, uh, who's the uh, Ravens offense coordinator? Greg Roman. Greg Roman. You're not getting him either. D- who would take your job? Nobody. So, yeah,
3: it's again, a disaster.
1: there's a million reasons why you have to keep Freddie Kitchens. Okay? Like I said, if you're in a marriage, you've got to make that decision of, all right, what is best for my children and what is best for my future? So you've got to analyze, Baker Mayfield is my child. Try to keep him as stable as we can. And for our future, we have to make sure that I am able to be happy again. I am going to be able to date. Hold on to this marriage for a little bit. Give Freddie Kitchens another year. And if it really isn't working out, then you can entertain firing him. But you absolutely cannot get rid of this guy after this year or after this game. It, you can't, Don't follow on the trend. It, it is – I'm telling should, you right we now. We should
3: do a bet on that.
2: What, what's the over-under on that? He's going to get fired.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. What's we'll interesting
2: see. is Greg Williams, Greg Williams came in last year as the interim coach. They won seven games. Now, that doesn't mean immediate success. I mean, Hugh Jackson, we all jumped in. A lot of people jumped into the Hugh Jackson uh, train when Hugh Jackson went, was the Raider interim coach, and he won eight games. And everyone said, okay, Jackson could be a great head coach. And, of course, he spent all that time in Cincinnati as the QB coach and offensive coordinator with Andy Dalton, and they were really good. goes to Cleveland, and obviously things were a disaster. But the Freddie Kitchens hire was, you know, was something Baker Mayfield wanted, which, just like the Adam Gase hire, that was something Sam Darnold wanted. So, of course, you're going to go with your young rookie quarterback, your young quarterback, and you want him to succeed. And if he likes this, this, this coach, you're going to hire him. And, you know, the Jets, Chris Johnson made it clear yesterday that, as of now, Adam Gase will be back with the Jets next season. And with Freddie Kitchens, yeah, with, with the Browns coaching, not only, not only the last couple of years, but, my goodness, how many coaches the last 20 or so years since they came back in 99? It, from Butch Davis to Romeo Cornell to Eric Mangini, it's, it's been a roller coaster of coaches. So if you want to give Kitchens another year with Baker Mayfield, especially with the success Baker had last year with Kitchens as the OC, I, I, it's understandable. Absolutely. You have it's, to. It's understandable.
1: You have to. All right. I want to shift to this. So we're able to see the Rockets. We were able to see the Rockets play the Clippers last night in Houston. Rockets won 102-93. Uh, and James Harden was phenomenal. Uh, It looks like he's finally breaking out of that early season shooting slump. He scored 47 points last night. Now, everyone is saying, you see, Guido, (laughs) check this out. I told you everything would work out. The Rockets, they're going to be unbelievable. Okay, first of all, let me say this. I never thought they were going to be terrible. Uh, Harden and Westbrook are good for something in the NBA. Second of all, why should my opinion change? Why should my opinion change? Last night was exactly what I said they would be. They were exactly what I thought. Some nights they'll score 130 points and blow teams out. More commonly, one of them is going to have an they're going to have an unbelievable scoring night because they're both crazy and efficient and streaky. The other's going to just be Nah, that's what's going to happen. Last night, Harden was great. He had 47. Westbrook was not. Westbrook, he was 6 of 20 and had 17 points. And they barely snuck by the Clippers at home without Paul George. Okay, why are we getting so excited? That's not a way to win at the end of the year. It's just not. When you have to go against... The Clippers, the Lakers, Denver, Utah. It isn't going to fly, especially in the Western Conference. You got to understand, on most nights, either one of them will be off or both of them will be off. Yes, they're winning games early in the year, but we're already seeing the struggle of having Harden and Westbrook on the floor at the same time. They both want the ball. It's a fight. For one of them to give the ball to the other. Okay? If you're watching the Rockets, it is, all right, Westbrook, the occasional pass to Harden, or the other way around, and it's just, all right, let me take this shot. I got it. Westbrook took 20 shots last night. Harden just hit most of them, and Westbrook missed most of them. And like I said, barely snuck by the LA Clippers. So. Pardon me for not getting crazy excited about this. Okay, late in the year, it'll be very tense. D- Trust me, when it comes to a playoff game, who's getting the ball in the fourth quarter? Who's getting the ball? Last night it was James, but they won't, that won't be every night. They won't be that fortunate. It, they won't be that fortunate where they understand all right, one of these guys is on, one of these guys is off. Uh, it's going to it could be quarterly do we realize that one quarter James Harden could shoot 1 for 11 the the next quarter James could be perfect and Westbrook would be terrible do, you're never going to know who to get the ball to try to simplify this break it down simply both high usage rate both inefficient both need the ball don't overthink it okay they barely snuck by the Clippers last night when Harden scored almost 50. Don't overreact. They're exactly who we thought they were. And look, I, I, don't th- I, think, the Harden, uh, I think the Harden and Westbrook-Houston Rockets, they're a playoff team. Sure, they're a playoff team. Do I buy the fact that they're going to be competing at the end of the year? Sorry, no, I don't. I watch the Lakers. They're better. They move the ball better. They score better. There's better chemistry there. Okay, I watch the Clippers. They're better. I watch Denver. They're better. I watch Utah. They're better. This is a loaded Western Conference. Okay, I'd be lying to you if I said, "Oh yeah, I like the Rockets over over uh, you know, uh, LA and all these guys." I, I I don't. What about them do you like? Is it because you've got this notion that Oh, Harden and Westbrook, they're so good. They're both electric. They both score the ball like crazy. It's awesome. No. I'm going to press the brakes and say, okay, I'm not in. Show me that you can comfortably play with each other. Move the ball in the system with each other. And again, it might take me a while. Because one of my issues is, late in the year, are you going to be able to carry the weight? Will you be able to... All right, listen. I don't have it tonight. You take over. If you need me, I'm here. But you take over. Or will ego get in the way? Because I know Westbrook is like that. And Harden hasn't had the opportunity to be like that. So we don't know. But it could be. Westbrook and Harden, again... And I understand, oh, they love each other. They've played together before. They could. they could. Seriously. I, look, they could hang out as much as they want off the court. It's great. When it comes to competing on the floor, it is a different story. Why didn't you give me the ball on that possession? Well, I thought I had it. Well, next time, give me the ball. It's going to be like that all year, and it's going to intensify late in the year. So, last night... Yes, Rockets win. Woohoo! Forty-seven points from James. We're unbelievable. We're great. Yeah, it's working. Okay. You barely snuck by the Clippers when James Harden dropped fifty because Har- because Westbrook had an off night. Okay, what happens when Harden doesn't score fifty, and they both have an off night, or Harden drops only thirty? I know I say that kind of subjectively. What if he drops only 30 points? That's the way the Rockets need to operate. One of them has to be absurd every single night for them to have a chance to win. If they're both off, which is going to be a lot, it's going to be pretty rough going forward. Okay. Uh, Coming up next, I think that there are uh, quarterback tiers. You know, you remember uh, it was a while ago that, that that like tier thing became like really popular, Evan. The tier lists, Yeah, those tier lists. Well, I made I mean, another I made another one based on w- what teams need quarterbacks and what urgency. Miami. So, and I think that there are 7. There are 7 tiers. See where your team falls. That's next, the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
0: You're you're, you're listening to the World Wide Sports Radio Network. You're you're, you're listening to the Haystack Show on the World Wide Sports Radio Network.
1: Good to have you back. Haystack World Wide Sports Radio Network. Mike, Evan, Monica here on a Thursday. Uh, In about, uh, I'll say 15, 20 minutes, uh, we have our MLB Postseason Awards Show hosted by the lovely Monica Ray. So who's excited. got ten different categories? Uh, we ho- listen. I, it was such a hit, right? We absolutely I mean, struck gold on it. I'm just um, flattered
3: I was selected again as the host.
1: As the host, you were fantastic. Even it's though really you incredible. did have some minor slip-ups, but but that's what keeps it's okay. it real. That's know? right. What yes. What can I say? That's I'm right. not perfect. <laughs> well, who then? Who is truthfully? <laughs> Uh, all I, right. thought you, I thought you were going to say you
2: With the Untucket shirts
1: Well uh, I, mean, yeah. I mean I'm as close as you're going to get If I'm wearing an Untucket This is actually not an Untucket This is just a regular flannel But I feel like I look dashing today I, I By the you way were gonna, I thought and, you were going to say look, you
3: we were kind of festive
1: Yes I know it's very Christmassy yes, it It's is. very Christmassy And you know Based on how Evan thinks He's probably pissed at us Because it's not even Thanksgiving yet
2: <laughs> hmm? Is it Thanksgiving?
1: The, no Almost
2: we're I now. know Next Thursday uh, Next two Thursdays from now Yeah all right, so here we go. Cowboys are playing Thanksgiving against the, oh my god, the Bills. That's what they're playing.
1: The yeah, oh yes, that that'll be fun in my household. My that's right, my Cowboys Bills. That's uh, right, that's right. That's gonna be fun. All right, so I think that in 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 reality, I think that every team they've got to identify what their quarterback situation is, and I think that there are a lot of teams in the NFL that are that are that are good. Right, so I've come up with seven tiers, to where your uh, to where teams in the NFL need quarterbacks. So tier one is they're, they're desperate; they got to address it like right now. They it, they cannot wait any long, uh, any longer. They absolutely need another quarterback. There are four teams in this tier: Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals, Miami Dolphins, uh, the LA Chargers, and the Tennessee Titans. I think they absolutely one hundred percent need a quarterback this year's draft. Don't waste any time, no matter what. Don't waste any time. Nice, Evan. Now I'm feeling very triumphant. (laughs) Tier 2. So this this is the tier where I think they need one, but it isn't really as urgent. There's only two teams in here, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Denver Broncos. I think they need one. They could probably hold off a little bit, though. The opportunity might not be right. They could hold off a little bit. Tier 3, this is the tier where I think they likely need one, but they're still kind of evaluating their own guy. So in this category, there are four more teams, the Chicago Bears, the Carolina Panthers, Pittsburgh Steelers, and Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they could all use it. So think about this. Bears with Mitch Trubisky, I think they're kind of at the point where they probably could admit that they moved on, uh, that they uh, would be willing to move on. The, uh, the Panthers, I think... Uh, Cam Newton's done, but I think they want to evaluate Kyle Allen maybe once more. Uh, I, I think it's possible. I think they might like Kyle for Cal. a little bit.
0: Kyle. Kyle. Uh,
1: Pittsburgh, Big Ben. They, look, they're not in a hurry to get a new quarterback, and I think they might be still evaluating Mason Rudolph. Even though, even though I don't think he's the guy, they might still be evaluating him, but it's not urgent for them to get a new guy because Big Ben's going to come back and play a couple more years, so we'll see about that. Jacksonville, I know they have Gardner Minshew and Nick Foles. Not sure either one of, them, one of them is the answer. I like I like Gardner Minshew. I think he could be a really nice backup in this league, but that's really all I think he can be. It, really, I mean, he he never knocked anybody off the charts. He's a great personality, but he's he's a he's a decent quarterback. Like but, he, that's all he is. And the Nick Foles, like I said, I think that. To, if if they are able to get something out of Nick Foles, that's great. I'm not sure I buy it. I'm not sure Nick Foles is the answer in Jacksonville either. You know, he's going to he's gonna play out his contract, and then after that, I think they might need a new quarterback.
2: You know what Gardner Mitchell is going to say at the end of the season? Coach Moore put me in, said Nick Foles, we've been Super Bowl champions, no doubt. No doubt in my mind.
1: No boy.
2: <laughs> Love All the bully, right. Dottie. Can't help it.
1: All right, Tier 4. This is the will need they'll need a soup uh, a quarterback soon but not yet right they still have either a veteran guy or they have a guy that they like already so in this category 4 te- uh I'm sorry no three teams the Detroit Lions New England Patriots and New Orleans Saints i think they're probably they will probably need a quarterback sooner rather than later brady and Breeze are aging they've got to f- replace those guys eventually and i think the lions They're probably going to stick with Matt Stafford for a little bit. You know, he could still play. I'm not in love with the guy. I think he's been one of the more overrated quarterbacks in the league. He's nothing more than average to me. But they're going to take some time to move off of him. They might try to give it one more go-around with him, maybe another contract. But eventually, they're going to have to move off him within the next three or four years or so. All right, Tier 5. This is the too early to tell category. So these are all of your, you know... But well, these are all your quarterbacks that really, we, we have no idea what they are yet, right? So that's Cleveland, the Jets, Buffalo, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, the Giants, and then the Washington Redskins. So that's Haskins, Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray, and then it's Darnold, Josh Allen, and Baker Mayfield. So, again, some of them have positives, some of them have negatives, but ultimately it's just too early to tell on it, on all of those guys, so we don't really know yet. Alright, now we go to Tier 6. These are the teams that, in my opinion, are most likely safe long-term. You know, they are not for sure, but I think they're skewing towards... All right, this is the guy we're going to move forward with for a long time. Uh, Two teams in this category, the Minnesota Vikings and the Indianapolis Colts. So, uh, Kirk Cousins and Jacoby Brissett, they've played really good football this year. I, I hate to break it to you. They have played really good football. So, I think right now, they can both say... All right, we're good with our guy. We have a great, we have good rosters. Let's keep building, and we'll see what we can do. I, I Really, I think that Kirk Cousins, Jacoby Brissett, they're going to be where they are now uh, for a little while. They really will be. And then Tier 7. These are the guys that are completely safe. You don't have to worry about it. And again, it's pretty much everybody else. So that's Seattle, Kansas City, Philadelphia, the LA Rams, the 49ers, Dallas, Green Bay, the Atlanta Falcons, Baltimore, Houston, and the Oakland Raiders. Those are the teams that I think are no doubt about it right now. They have their franchise quarterback. Don't even have to think about addressing the quarterback positions uh, soon. The only exception to this might be the Atlanta Falcons, just because Matt Ryan might be getting a little bit older. But other than that, I think they they are, for the most part, safe here. Those are the teams that don't have to worry about uh, getting a new quarterback in there. They're good with their guy. No matter what, they're sticking with their quarterback. So, there we go. What do you think, Ev? Pretty Th- good.
2: Tier, tier, what was Tier 5 again? Let me hear Tier 5. All right, so
1: uh, I'll do it all again. It again. So, so, Tier 1, uh, desperate must address now that Cincinnati, Miami, the L.A. Chargers, and Tennessee, mm-hmm. they've got to get a new quarterback now. I agree. Uh, tier 2, this is one a team that needs one, but probably not as urgent. They could probably address it uh, next year. Uh, Tampa Bay and Denver. Uh, uh,
2: Tampa Bay probably should be in Tier 1. Tier 2, I got to uh, see Drew Locke first. For Denver, I got to see Drew Locke first. For Tampa uh, Tampa Bay, they, they probably should be in Tier 1. Okay. They probably should be in Tier 1.
1: Tier 3, this is a team that likely, uh, likely needs one, but they're still kind of evaluating their guy. That's the Bears, Carolina, Pittsburgh, and Jacksonville.
2: Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty accurate, especially especially in especially in Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh's case. Mason Rudolph comes in, you know. I, I mean, I think he's done a good job. I, I think Rudolph, I think Rudolph showing he could be the guy after Roethlisberger, you know. And Kyle, Cal, Cal.
0: yeah, I just,
2: yeah, I, I think Cal. he's done a Cal's done a fine job. The Bears again. I, I'm not putting my I'm not folding my cards on Mr. Bitsky yet. Yeah, Cal. I don't think he's a franchise guy. I, I never really thought he was. He's done a fine job, uh, but the but the next quarterback of the Panthers, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know.
1: All right, tier four. This is the these are the teams. Like I said, they'll need one soon, but they're not yet. Uh, they don't need one yet. That's Detroit, New England, and New Orleans.
2: Yeah, just that's about right. All
1: right, tier five. Again, too early to tell. So that's the Browns, the Jets, Buffalo. Arizona, the Giants, and then Washington. That right. Too early to tell. that right. Uh, yeah. Tier 6, these are the teams that are most likely safe. You know, not 100% on their guy yet, but they're more than likely they're going to move forward with him. Uh, that's Indianapolis and Minnesota.
2: that right. I mean, hey, now, Cousins will be interesting because, again, he's got, what, one more year left on his contract. The Vikings want to – you know, Brissette's just starting, really, now with now with, with Andrew, Luck, Andrew Luck's retirement. Right. And Cousins – He's got two years after his deal if, if You know If the Vikings win a Super Bowl with Cousins Then he'll probably be the guy for a while But if they don't And they continue to fail in big games And fail in the big moments Yeah I know they beat the Cowboys Maybe they do move on from I don't know The, the Vikings is kind of In a question for me Because again He's got two years left on that contract Actually a year I believe After this year
1: all right, so then tier 7, this is the these are the teams that are completely safe, don't even need to think about it. Yeah. Seattle, Kansas City, Philadelphia, the Rams, San Francisco, Dallas, Green Bay. Atlanta, Baltimore, Houston, and the Oakland Raiders. If
2: you feel, especially for the Ravens, if you feel, if you feel that the Ravens are now at that stage where, yes, and I know you said it before, Mike, that you feel Lamar is a true franchise quarterback. Yeah, I think not, Lamar's the guy. Not, he's, he's unbelievable. Not, and they're not, they're yeah. not with the Bills and the Jets and all that stuff. Where they're still trying to figure out that, where they're still trying to find out that, yeah. And he's exciting to watch. So, yeah, he's incredible. You, know, you don't know what he's going to do. But that's yeah, that's again. If you if if you feel that yeah, Lamar is the franchise quarterback, and yeah, he's up there with those guys, and sure, and he's not and he's not in the okay, we got to see him first, you know, that kind of thing like right. Allen and Donald and Baker and all that stuff. Then sure.
1: All right, here we go. New so those are the quarterback tiers, but
2: I agree with all of that. I think you see Monica's on my side.
1: Out. I think Evan agrees with I think Evan agrees with me pretty much all the way through I mean, most, except for Tampa most of them most of them I mean yeah Tampa I think that's tier one and it's only it's because it's only because I think Tampa tier I think one. Tampa could give Jameis another shot but I also think Tampa uh, like I don't know if they're gonna draft one this year like they could go like I think they could go for cam I think they could go for Teddy Bridgewater something around those lines so yeah, they could be Tier 1. They were fringed Tier 1, but I put them in Tier 2. All right. Let's go to Monica Ray. Big J journalist here right. for the news
3: well, on a Thursday. Which I like to call Friday Junior.
1: Friday yeah. Junior.
3: So we talked about it a little bit earlier. The, yeah. Uh, the Mets, Jacob. DeGrom. DeGrom, thank you. There
1: you go. God, you are the worst, the worst I am the worst.
3: I don't know why, but I am. Um, it's so, not like you
1: don't know who the guy is. You just can't pronounce his name. It, You're just like, wait, know. it's Jacob. Uh, uh, you know the guy with the that used to have the long hair. Yeah, yeah what, used what, to have the long what hair. What number is he? So yeah.
3: anyway, he won the Cy Young Award again.
1: Yeah, back to back. So
3: he's the seventh. This is the
1: World Series for the Mets. How many? How many Cy Youngs can Jacob Degrom win? Uh, Jacob Degrom has you as many Cy Youngs as the Mets have thing. World Series. <laughs>
2: oh, that's gonna be a joke. That's gonna be said for a while.
1: Uh, that's not He's accurate. just
2: that's okay. Mike's just angry that boo didn't
1: win Manager of the Year. That was so, ridiculous, <laughs> Evan. If you talk to me about it more, the I'm just going to get more fired up.
3: <laughs> so he is the seventh uh, National League pitcher to win two or more Cy Young awards. And, wow, really? And, yeah. yeah, and he was voted. Uh, it was, I guess, he got 29 of the 30 votes first place. So votes he was. Pretty he got much
1: 29 shoo-in. of the yeah. 30 first place
2: votes. That's over Scherzer. Yeah. And Scherzer and, and Ryu. I mean, that's so incredible.
1: Who got? Oh, I'm, I'm curious. Who got the Who got the only one? Probably like who, Scherzer. Was it Scherzer? I believe it was. I I don't know. That's great. You know what's interesting no. though? It's it's the it's crazy how you think about the beginning of the year. If you were going by if the season ended at about the All Star break, the National League Cy Young by far was going to go to Hyunjin Ryu. Yeah. Like by far, it was going to go to Ryu no matter what. And Degrom. DeGrom had kind of like a bit of a rough start. Bad April. And then I think it was like the last 23 starts. He had like a sub one and a half ERA or something like that. It was
0: insane. Yeah.
1: I'm it's like, this guy, I'm telling you right now. So, Evan, let's work out a trade. I'm the New York Yankees. Uh, I will give you. <laughs> Don't right, do are it, you, Evan. Are you, are you ready for this? Oh boy. Alright, I will give you. All right, so you need an outfielder. I mean, the answer is
2: no either way. Exactly. So, so you, no. you need
1: you need an outfielder. So I'll give you Aaron Hicks. I'll get. Hang on. Wait, wait, get, wait, Aaron Hicks, the same Aaron Hicks who I
2: like. Aaron Hicks the player, but he's never he's never healthy.
1: I like right. Aaron Hicks the player. Well, I hang, do. Hang on. I like him. I'll give you. Oh, hang on. I'll give you Aaron Hicks. I'll give you a starting pitcher. So I'll give you. Uh, <laughs> uh, how about? How about I give you my top pitching prospect? I'll give you Davey Garcia. And I will give you the future number one prospect in all of baseball. I'll give you Jason Dominguez.
2: Uh, even, then, uh, even then, that's still a no for a two-time no. Signing Award winner. And the leading... What would
1: the leading be the package, team? by the way?
2: I, if, you would have to give... If we're talking the Yankees, you would have to give me Aaron Judge... Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, exa- then then yeah, the deal is no. done. Then the deal is done. Yeah, no. no. Then the deal is done. Then the deal is done. Then no No. Deal's deal is done. That's not, happen- All right, that's that's not that happening. That deal is over. Uh, deal's is over. it shut down. Uh, my,
1: my best player for your best player. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's, uh, Jacob DeGrom is the key force. How about this? How about, this? Guys How this, about this?
1: How about this? I'm just throwing this out there.
2: The Mets identity has always been pitching. I'm not Dave, giving away DeGrom. Uh, Davey
1: Garcia, Jason Dominguez, and I'll give you Giancarlo Stanton and that contract. And I yes, I mean we, we already have
2: a big contract that Robbie Cano that we took in, so that's probably a no.
1: Well, hang on. You give us Jacob DeGrom and we'll take Ioannis Cespedes.
2: You ra- you'd rather have Giancarlo? You'd rather have Ioannis Cespedes? And I love Cespedes. You'd rather have Cespedes? That's Cespedis not easy to
3: say. Cespedes.
2: Cespedes. So Stanton, <laughs> you, you'd rather Stanton have in our best.
1: Two prospects.
2: You would rather have Joanna Cespedes than John Collins. Stanton. Yuwen no. Cespedes, who you
1: have no idea, no, who you have that, no idea is going to be on the field right now. No, but Stanton I want you know he's going to be on the field. No, Evan, I want Jacob Degrom. That's why I'm willing to take the Cespedes contract. But you're opening up a hole in the outfield because you have no idea if Cespedes is going to be back or not. Not really. It's not creating a hole in the outfield for me. I still got Brett Gardner. I still have Aaron Hicks at that point. I still got Mike Talkman. And Aaron Judge.
2: Okay. And I'm loaded in the, in the outfield. will the in the outfield and the DH spot. So where is Cespedes going? The bench?
1: The DH spot's open. The but, DH but spot's But you have filled. no idea
2: when Cespedes is going to come back or not? So I have what? no idea.
1: So what? What I'm talking about is the Yankees have that depth. So Voight at first. You get Urshela to play third. And the, you have... Miguel Andujar, DH. Listen, the answer is no.
2: You're not getting to Exactly. The answer, that's a complete shutdown. And I'm
1: telling, and I'm telling you, no. I'm
2: also telling you in the perspective of the Yankees, uh, the Yankees deal too. Why would you trade John Callis, Stan, who you he knows is going to be on the field and is going to produce for you, especially if he stays healthy all next because year? Because you need pitching. I agree, you need pitching, but you got guys like Cole and Strasburg out there. Go get those guys. Be the Yankees. Yeah, but
1: they're not Jacob DeGrom.
2: Well, they're not. Now that was it. Okay, DeGrom. that was interesting. Now Jacob DeGrom wins the Cy Young. That was. That was, I think, still for a lot of people. By expected. a landslide, he wins. I think that was still expected for a lot of people. Degrom was, uh, De- what Degrom is doing, three-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year, two-time Cy Young. He's on pace for, for this. I'm not going to say the three words, but I'm not going to say Cooperstown and all that stuff. But I don't want to jinx it. All those I'm just going to sit Jacob back. Jacob Degrom. Hey, Ron I'm just going to sit Peter back Alonso Alonso and appreci-
1: in that conversation too. Yeah, I guess right.
2: I'm just going to sit back and appreciate. It. He's been, but Degrom's been fantastic. What about Garrett Cole, not one of the Cy Young just t- yesterday? Yeah, that
1: shocked that me. That goes to Verlander. I was sh- really shocked that it went to Verlander and it didn't go to Cole. But, all right, what's next, Amon? I'm sorry. We're uh, okay. stealing your spotlight.
3: That's okay. Degrominator. Uh,
1: you don't have to. I mean, be you're already stealing of...
3: it with that flannel shirt because I've gotten a couple of comments on our Facebook feed that that shirt looks really nice on you.
1: Oh, uh, really? just well, not...
3: saying, you know. Uh, is, like... it,
1: is it women that are saying that or is it. Uh, it's is a little it bit dudes? of both. Uh, oh.
3: Yeah. A couple couple men are out there saying, i got to get myself a flannel just like Mike Guido. Uh Maybe you can uh, brand that and sell it.
1: That's how I'm known. I'm not known for my sports talk. I'm known for my flannels and my untucked shirts.
3: (laughs) So we did have some breaking news that came in just a little while ago from ESPN that um, Memphis announced that James Wiseman has been declared ineligible.
1: Oh, so he's out. And
3: he'll be withheld um, from competition. So while he is while he really, awaits reinstatement, so that's kind of interesting.
1: I mean, I I get it, but like, come on, just let the kid play. Just yeah. let the kid play. Right. He went to Memphis because his high school coach became the head coach at Memphis. The head the head coach the head basketball coach at Memphis is Penny Hardaway, which, by the way. I'm wearing Penny Hardaway shoes right now, by the way. I didn't even know
3: he had shoes.
1: Yeah, he's got signature wearing, Nike shoes. I'm wearing Lucky Brand boots right now. Look, I'm wearing Lucky Brand <laughs> jeans. What? Oh, my God. Holy cow. We're adorable. We are just so cute. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, but that's crazy to me. Like, Is it going to be withheld from competition for? Like, we don't know
3: for a while. Uh, that's they Is it
1: going to be the whole year, or is, is there a chance for him to get reinstated?
3: Uh, he, they, he can attend practices, so, you know. So he
1: can go to practice. He can't play but in he, games, he, though.
3: He can't play in the games. I don't know if that means he'll suit up.
1: No, it probably means he goes in street clothes. Yeah. That's crazy to me.
3: Yeah.
1: Like, listen. Okay. I understand the NCAA's position of... Athletes can't receive any additional benefits other than their scholarship, right? I I get that. Yeah, but
3: isn't but that there changing? But there also kind
1: of has to be a common sense factor, right? There's got to be like, okay, uh, the kid's already committed to Memphis. He's already there. He's already he's already signed his letter of intent and everything like that. Why can't you help the kid move? Like I, 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 I understand it. I really do understand it. But at the same time, you've got to be like, like same thing with Chase Young at Ohio State. The, the kid didn't do anything. He asked for help to fly his girlfriend to the Rose Bowl. That's all. I mean, that's not, I don't think that's anything that's crazy serious. They've got to have air miles for heaven's sakes. Well, I don't know. Well, yeah, <laughs> I probably. mean, but, for real. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I feel really bad for the kid because James Wiseman is supposed to be a top five NBA draft pick. Like, that kid is supposed to be incredibly good. Left-handed, big guy. Like, this guy is supposed to be a left-handed Joel Embiid. Like, that's how special this kid is supposed to be. And I feel terrible for him. And I feel bad. Here's the thing. I feel bad for the Memphis program. I mean, Memphis was supposed to make noise in the NCAA this year because they've gotten some real good recruits. They got a nice uh, NBA veteran as a head coach, Penny Hardaway. I mean that's that hurts. That really hurts. I I, I don't know. I, there's got to be at least some common sense to this. If you know the know. kid has already committed to to Memphis, then I, I don't know. The NCAA has to find a better way to silence boosters a little bit. They have to. They, they quit having the same problem every year where you got to rule guys ineligible. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You got to suspend guys. You've got to make programs playoff ineligible. I'm, I'm just like d- create a way where you can, I guess, monitor these things and not make it this huge thing. I I, I don't know. All right, that's the news. Big J journalist Monica Ray here to Thursday. All right, uh, coming up next. It's the time we've all been waiting for. Oh, it's going to be fun. Monica Ray hosts our MLB postseason award show. We, get, we have 10 categories, and 10 teams or players will become lucky winners today.
3: I hope I say all the names
1: right.
0: Yeah, you won't, but it's There's okay. There's no
1: rehearsal. <laughs> all right. That's coming up next. Top of the hour, Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the Haystack, Haystack Show with Mike Guido.
1: Our number two. It's the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldwideSportsRadio.com. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, is my producer. Big J journalist Monica Ray, look who we have joining us today for the award. We have somebody very special in attendance today, Monica. <laughs> I, that is I Renee. See that. that is Renee Canalis, That's the my uh, That's host, my middle name. Renee. Host of Chalk is Talk it? on yeah. Old West. Five. Host of Chalk <laughs> Talk on, uh, on the uh, Old Westbury Web Radio over there. Yeah. Uh, boy, oh boy, you are just a monster. You really are. You're I'm a monster. Just, among you're a men. monster, man. You monster. Among yeah, men. yeah. You've got it going, man. So he's in attendance for the award show. So it's our MLB postseason award show. We will do. We'll start doing this after every season. Uh, we'll do it at the beginning of every year, the middle of every year and the end of every year since they are such a big hit. So, Monica, uh,
3: <laughs> would you
1: do the honors of taking over from here?
3: Yes. And maybe, Renee, you can help me with some of these categories. Maybe. Alright. might
1: work out. All right. Our beautiful host, Monica Ray.
3: Thank you. <laughs> Woo! Such an honor to be here. Thank you again for, uh, <laughs> for selecting me. I feel like I'm watching <laughs> the
4: Oscars right now.
3: <laughs> All right, so we're going to kick things off with the most unexpected season. This is going to be in baseball. All right. Yeah. All right. So we have the Boston Red Sox. The Washington Nationals and the Philadelphia Phillies are our nominees.
1: So the Red Sox were more. The Red Sox and the Phillies were more on the disappointing side, and the Nationals were kind of like a surprise uh, success story. Really, what gave that away? Yeah, huh? no idea.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, so here we go. The winner of most unexpected season is oh. the Washington Nationals. Ah, there we go. Congrats! Winning the World Series. Absolutely phenomenal job by their pitching staff. Their offense played great. Anthony Rendon and Steven Strasburg made them some money this postseason. Absolutely be- amazing performance. Great managing by Dave Martinez. Uh, and again, this was one of those things where nobody was expected. Nobody was expected to do this. Nobody, nobody expected this to happen, but it
4: happened.
3: <laughs> all right, Renee's going to read the next one because he's here. I, I,
4: I've got I've got the honors at this point. <laughs> yeah, all right, here all we right. go. So the most exciting rookie in Major League Baseball this season. The for, nominees. The nominees are Fernando Tatis
1: Jr. Pete Alonzo, or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So for the most exciting rookie, ooh, this is interesting.
3: Yeah. It's exciting, right?
1: So we got Fernando Tatis Jr., who lit it up for the Padres. You Thank you. Really a fun <laughs> player to watch. Pete Alonso, who this big polar bear hits baseballs really, really hard. And then Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who is the highly touted guy. And everybody was excited to watch him uh, perform. Even though he wasn't a finalist for Rookie of the Year or anything like that, everybody was psyched when he came up. So here we go. The winner of Most Exciting Rookie is... Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Wow! All right, Vladimir. That's
4: really fun to say.
1: Vladdy Jr. Really? I never got more excited to watch a rookie than Vladdy Jr. Well, I I, I, that's I can say that's what she said. That was the award. <laughs> it wasn't best rookie. It was most exciting rookie. I I, I could say right. Tatis Jr. took a little bit of a
4: backseat because he had a the injury. The, the injury that really cost him, you know, a chunk of the season. So right, I think it was between Pete and and, and Vlad. But really, yeah. wow, interesting. Okay.
1: Vladdy Jr., congratulations. He'd like to thank his father. He'd also like to thank the Academy. Very, very serious award.
4: Let me ask you a serious question, though. Does he wear gloves in the batting box? Yeah, I think so, right? His dad didn't. His dad didn't, but I think Vladdy Jr. does. I think he needs to take after his dad and not wear batting gloves. How badass would that be? I'd love that. That's, what, that's the reason why Takes I actually— off the batting
1: gloves, hits 330. I
4: used to actually call Ma- Vladimir Guerrero the, the dad, Vlad. Mad Vlad, because he was mad at— I mean, Vladdy, I, no gloves? Yeah, like, I mean, it's ridiculous. That's a great nickname, Mad Vlad. Mad yeah. Vlad. I mean, the Maybe guy was mad.
3: Sad. The and Mad
4: Vlad. I mean, it's ridiculous. But anyways. All right, here we go. All
3: right. Um, we are moving right along to— Sorry, my phone just froze up on me.
4: But in the meantime, let's That's talk about right.
3: our sponsors. Yeah, let's talk about our sponsors for a minute.
1: <laughs> We're brought to you by Renee Canales, Chalk Talk, Old Westbury Radio. <laughs> All right,
3: here we go. The next category is Worst Managerial Performance.
1: Oh, oh there's, a, there's a few of okay. those. Hmm. That's so
3: the nominees are Gabe Kapler of the Philadelphia Phillies, Mickey Calloway of the Mets, and Brad Ausmus of the Angels. I did well, it.
1: These are all very deserving nominees. Everybody was expecting the Angels to be a playoff team, and they were not. Um, I think
4: one stands out more than the other
1: though. Mickey Callaway yeah. with the with the Mets. Boy, he was absolutely terrible. But and then Gabe Kapler, who had the high expectations but never came through. Who actually is now the new manager of the Giants? Yeah, yeah. that works. I, yeah. Don't, yeah. I that, do not know that. I don't understand. I thought they were going to. I thought it was going to be Joe, Joe Espada. Spada. It was going to be Joe Espada, and that was just going to be the end of it. All right, but here we go. The winner of worst managerial performance is Gabe Kapler, uh, Philadelphia Phillies. That was go, a 100% Kate. unanimous
4: decision yeah. by the uh, by, by the f- board. By yeah, the board. by
1: far. I, I, listen, uh, Mickey Calloway did a poor job, too, and so did Brad Ausmus, but Gabe Kapler with this roster should have been so much better than he was absolutely and I get that managing kind of comes from upstairs too but at the same time I mean the, the, and, and the fact that he got another job that
4: shocks me the, the, the difference between Mickey Calloway and Gabe Kapler is Gabe Kapler had the 330 million dollar guy
1: yeah right
2: also that's a little bit of a difference also Calloway was able to take the team from d- dead last from the, from the fr- in the first half of the season actually got them to compete and play hard in the second half
4: yeah but he's one of the main reasons why they no, were, that's like, true Dead last very true point,
2: so. no very true very true so let's go from a low to a high
3: with our next category of brightest future teams. So that's going to have as your nominees the Atlanta Braves, the San Diego Padres, and the New York Yankees.
1: So between really? so it's between the yeah. Braves, the Padres, and the Yankees for brightest future, both loaded with young talent. All right, here we go. The winner of brightest future is the San Diego Padres
4: wow yeah that's yeah that's probably where I would go to with that
1: I gotta say this. very nice let congratulations me just, let me just make this clear it I was not a it,
4: unanimous decision
1: it was not but San Diego San Diego was not a good baseball team this year but they have the most loaded farm system in baseball by far it's not even close they've got like 10 top 100 prospects uh, they've got money this offseason. I think they're going to bring in some stars. That's what they said. They already brought in Manny Machado. Uh, this is going to be a good baseball team going forward. I like the San Diego Padres' B- brightest future. They've th- got All a right. bright future ahead.
4: I, I, but I mean, I think you know prospects can only you know do so much at some point, right? I mean, you can only expect them sure to go out there and do so much. But I mean, you bring them up, they got to produce. That's, That's the, the way, way it's supposed to be. That's right.
1: right. Well, I don't expect them to keep all of them. Too, I expect nah, they got some it, of these they guys it, they, to get they, traded. Yeah, but, they're probably going to trade them. And some then trade for more stars. So we'll see. All right. All right. What's nice. our next category? All
4: right. So I guess I have the honor for this one. Uh, most scrappy team. Most of 2019. Scrappy team. The nom- what a category? The nominees are the Tampa Bay Rays. Whoa.
3: Whoa. Is that? Is that? I got interrupted
4: a little bit. Um... <laughs> the Chicago Cubs or the Oakland Athletics.
1: So this is for the most scrappy,
4: scrappy team. Absolutely.
1: So down in the dirt, sandlot style team that had some success. Huh, all right. It's taken some thought. I know this was a tough one for the for the academy. But the winner of most scrappy team is the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. Low payroll, not a ton of stars, used the opener a lot. It was very sporadic, the way that they managed this ball club. And terrible crowds. Not a lot of power (laughs) on this team. Terrible crowds. What are tickets? An absolutely awful stadium. Oh,
4: you could probably sit next to Dick Vitale for $12. (laughs) This
1: guy, I'm a huge Tampa Bay Rays fan, man. But. Scrappy team, Tampa Bay Rays. Now listen, the A's are pretty scrappy too. They're not, that you know, they they play that style of baseball too. But the Rays, I think, kind of they dignified it. They they really, again, they, they had like a sixty million dollar payroll. They couldn't afford any of these. They had the lowest payroll power guys. Yeah, they do.
4: So, and they, and, they came one game,
1: and they came within one
4: game. And they came within one game. Of reaching the, the American League Championship Series. Yeah. So took the I the five. can't forget about uh, that took, either. Took Happy.
2: the Astros to five. <laughs> so they deserve that. No respect for the A's who got the movie made about them.
3: All right, so our next category is Most Confused Organization. <laughs>
4: That's a good one. They got a lot of them. <laughs> the nominees That's are
3: the Miami Marlins, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Baltimore Orioles.
1: <laughs> that, wow! That, All a, of these three are very confused yeah. organizations, and they were selected from a pool of about
4: fifteen teams. <laughs> that's so. right.
1: Yes, these were the special ones. Yes. And I know some of the teams that were not signified for this award, but were considered the Detroit Tigers, the Kansas City, Royals the Kansas City Royals were in here, the Seattle Mariners, the Giants. I mean, the Giants. The, uh, and yeah, not, the, I don't think as not as much the Giants. I think the not as much in the in Giants.
2: I think they should be in there now.
1: And maybe the Giants, but all right. So the nominees again. So we have the Marlins, the Pirates, and the Orioles. Correct. Here we go. It took a lot of thought. But the most confused organization is the Pittsburgh Pirates. All right. This is going to sound weird, but.
0: (laughs) The crowd really loves this one. (laughs) I see
1: Pittsburgh as a team with the biggest lack of direction like the marlins at least they tore everything apart they're trying to build things back up same thing with the orioles the pirates are like all right well are we trading starling Marte or not are we trading gregory polanco or or not are we what are we doing are we trading adam frazier or what are we trying to trade chris archer again what I mean, they. Lack they, of direction. They fired. And everything their, with Felipe Vasquez didn't help either. They, so. fi-
4: they fired their manager, and then, what, a few weeks later, they Clint filed Hull, their general manager. Uh, they their, fired their Hun- Gen- Huntington, their GM. I mean, so. you want to talk about a lack of, of direction there. Crazy. You really don't know what's happening there.
2: Baltimore at least knows. I, I think Baltimore has a direction. They're just going to be bad for a while. No, Baltimore's
4: right. just, just stuck with Chris Davis, so they can't really do anything about it. They just okay. got to wait for Chris Davis yeah. to be
1: up for contract. Well, that, that that's
2: not until so why. Three, <laughs> four more years? Yeah,
1: Something exactly. like yeah, that, yeah. All right. All right,
3: so let's bring it to the next category, most triumphant season. Okay. The most
1: triumphant. Ooh, yeah, that's a so big word.
3: Triumphant. It is a big word,
1: right? <laughs> we roll the dice here, Renee. I see that. You're All opening right. up the dictionary. That's so right.
3: So the nominees are, not surprising, the Washington Nationals, mm-hmm. St. Louis Cardinals, and the Houston Astros
1: all right so the Nationals the Cardinals we should eliminate the the Astros Astros from any category at this point pretty much (laughs) for cheating so here we go the winner for most triumphant season goes to the Washington Nationals Uh, and it was a landslide unanimous decision my goodness I mean like I said most surprising season most triumphant season The Nationals, I think, had a year that they'll never forget. Their first World Series since 1933. Again, a team that wasn't expected to get there at all. A team that was
4: left dead in the water in the beginning of the season. 19 19 and 31, and and they were a game or two from firing Davey Martinez. Davey
2: Martinez was gone. That's why I'm surprised he didn't get more first-place votes for the Magic of the year. He was gone. All
1: All right.
3: right, so let's keep it moving. So we're going on to most dominant pitcher.
1: Most dominant pitcher.
3: The nominees are Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, and I'm going to nail this one, Jacob DeGrom.
1: Nailed it. it. So Cole, Verlander, and DeGrom. Now, I know what Evan's hoping. He's hoping for not only for Jacob DeGrom to win two Cy Youngs, but for him to also win this award, which is clearly the biggest, most meaningful award, absolutely. But especially for them. I will have to say the winner.
2: Don't be unhappy. Of most, of the year.
1: of most dominant pitcher. We'll get to that. Is <laughs> Evan? Drum roll, please. Drum roll. <laughs> Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. Oh, no.
2: agree to disagree, right, Evan? That, agree to disagree. Yeah, I don't think you, know can, you know what. You know what? that's a good. That's a good name. No, Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole
1: probably deserved the Cy Young Award.
4: I, yes. If, if you would have gone with Justin Verlander, then I would have Yeah, done I great, would have been shocked. Garrett Cole.
1: I was shocked that it was Verlander, but I, ne- I didn't see a more dominant pitcher in baseball than Garrett Cole. His stuff got so nasty. His fastball got high in velocity. He was using his off-speed stuff in the right spots, in the right locations. I mean... This was the right way to do things. Uh, up until the, the the World
4: Series, the the guy went what 18, 19, and zero. And yeah. it, it, since May, I mean, it's ridiculous. That's the thing.
2: Oh, yeah. In the postseason too, other than Game One, he was phenomenal.
1: It really was. Really, really, really. I think we only have three. I'm sorry. No, two more awards to go. Two more. That's it. Yes. Let's do it. Yep. No, I know. I, I hear you.
4: And I've got the honors for this one.
1: Yes. Your American League MVP. Wow.
4: Mike Trout of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Alex Bregman of the Cheating Astros, <laughs> or Marcus Simeon of the Oakland A's. I think God, there was a name oh, left out, but I'm, I digress. <laughs> DJ I, I, think, it's, sorry, I let's say, think it was left out, but I digress. I think it I starts
2: digress. with a D and a J and a LeMay Hugh.
1: I digress. Wait, LeMay, who are you talking about? Oh! oh, I oh, talking
2: about. oh. Where's, Mike, where's Mike Rifkin when we need him? <laughs> Right? Where's Mike Ripperio? That was that, good. That
1: we was we, good. Me
4: and Jimmy were actually talking about him the other day. We missed the hell out of him. I
2: that. miss him too. Anyways, I love
4: Mikey. I
1: love. I miss Mikey I'm a big, so
4: much. Big, big Mike fan. That
1: was a good. I think now, Mikey. I think Mikey would appreciate that part. I think I'm gonna go tweet ahead. that out. I, I want to make sure everybody <laughs> knows. No matter what happens tonight, you're all winners. Uh, <laughs> Not really. Uh, no. Not really. Only one of you are gonna win. So here we go.
0: The I winner know, no, of American know. League
1: MVP <laughs> is. Alex Bregman.
4: No, he deserves it. He, honestly, speaking, he does, honestly speaking, he does deserve it. The numbers that he put up this season were just ridiculous. I mean, he
1: broke analytical records like nobody Ridiculous. Big, I mean, what did he? Lead in, lead in war, lead in OPS. I mean, he, he was unbelievable this year, was a catalyst for the Astros' success. Like I said, people call me crazy because I said Alex Bregman in the following years would be a better player than Jose Altuve, and guess what?
4: I was right. He's... he's mo- much more important right
3: now. All right, we got to keep this show moving. So the next category is National League MVP. And the nominees are Cody Bellinger, Christian Yelish, and Anthony Rendon. Did I say that right? Rendon. Rendon. You know, dang it.
1: So you National League MVP. Right it's
4: all right. <laughs> It's my thing. It, uh,
3: it's okay. all
4: right. It happens. <laughs> it happens. It happens. I always have to correct my cousin all the time because he butchers names, and
1: I'm like, that's, oh, that's not me. how you do it. Yeah. That's not how it's said.
3: I don't know. It's a gift when you can say names <laughs> right. I don't have
1: that. So here we go. A lot of consideration for this award.
4: I think this was a, the, t- the toughest decision out of the entire uh, award yes, show
1: here. I think it was. Really? So the winner of National League MVP goes to Christian. Cody Bellinger. I think he's been it since the beginning of the season. He was the most consistent player in baseball. Christian Yelich, with the injury at the end of the year, I think, kept him from elevating his numbers even more. I think he would have ran away with it had he not gotten it. Would have ran away with it. But Cody Bellinger, Dodgers were the best team in baseball this year for the regular season, and Cody Bellinger was the reason for that. Cody Bellinger wins National League MVP. So I want to thank wow. everybody for attending tonight.
3: Wait, 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 wait! We oh. have one last category that just surfaced. oh, we do
1: have a bonus category. A bonus
3: category. This one was entered uh, just this now. This was a late entry. Late entry and late decision. So wow, I'm
4: actually shocked.
3: Um, I know this. This one is best camera work.
4: Oh. <laughs> All right, phenomenal. So, I think there might be one or two teams. It uh, uh, might be so, one. Might be the one. nominees. The, Astros, the,
0: Astros the nominees the are the Houston Astros,
3: the Houston Astros, the Houston Astros, and the Houston Astros. Wow,
4: I don't know which one to choose. <laughs> wow, can I can the I the winner can, of best camera work? Can I give this one please? Is the Houston Astros?
3: Now,
2: why is that? I don't know.
4: I wonder why. Uh, uh, Listen, if if you hear any garbage cans being knocked around outside (laughs) when you're walking out, that that might be I can
2: I can sense the anger from Yankee fans of YouTube. No, you know what? I I can sense the anger.
4: No, you know what? I'm not. It's it's not that I'm angry. It's just this has been something that's been brought up the last two seasons. And I guess that, you know, you do have to investigate, you know, credit to Ken Rosenthal. And um, I'm forgetting the name of the other reporter who did the story if but I
3: knew it I wouldn't say it. I right. mean
4: it's it, it's <laughs> insane it really is incredible what the actual got away with for two years pretty much
2: you are seeing there is video like that again I, I you, there, hear there, the you, you hear the video you hear it. bang 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 you know you do hear it but
4: disgusting
3: <laughs> all right well that was an incredible show Thanks. I want to
1: thank you for being such a great host.
3: I want to thank my co host. It was unexpected uh, that Renee would be here, and yes. I just met him. You know, sometimes, so you know, you,
4: sometimes the unexpected happens. So
3: Sometimes it does.
1: Sometimes the unexpected happens in life. Yeah. You yep. never know when it's going to happen. You never know. <laughs> and if there's That's anything unexpe- that today <laughs> can teach you, it's that, <clears throat> it's that <clears throat> nothing, happened, in nothing in life goes as planned. <laughs> I look dashing in flannel, <laughs> and that the Houston Astros are the best at operating cameras in Major League Baseball. And they, there you have
2: it. There's video of them cheating against the Mets. What do you got cheating against the Mets for? You don't have to cheat against the yeah, Mets. The Mets are terrible. I mean, yeah, what you got cheat against the Mets for? <laughs> yeah,
1: seriously. What don't have to cheat against the Mets.
2: You could beat us I, I stepped on the field. You don't have to cheat against us.
1: Well, I want to thank everybody for attending tonight. This was so... I know how much this night meant to a lot of you, and I apologize to the people that didn't win, but honestly, if no you wanted to win... Year. You then, you then you should have earned it more, <laughs> quite frankly. <Yeah. laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, that was
2: right on cue with the music.
1: Wow. So uh, coming up next, we do have more news. Uh, and, again, Renee, can are you going to stick around for a little bit? Or do you want to eat? You want to eat. You want to eat. He wants to eat. He's a big boy. I'll eat and then I'll get? stick. A, uh,
4: I got. I got me a sandwich. I got me a got hero. Yeah, you. I yes. see it over there. That it's noise. a uh, chicken cutlet. I'm kind hero, of a simple Adam's guy. So I'm a simple so guy. So yeah. chicken cutlet, a little bit of mozzarella cheese, and slam it barbecue sauce. What, nice. And some running. fries. The don is. Surprise, and the don is very
1: the very fries proud are good here. The fries are phenomenal. Rene, yeah. The don is
2: very proud of you.
4: Rene.
1: Oh, the don is very proud of you. All right, don't go anywhere, stack. Don't go anywhere. It's the haystack.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents The, the, the Haystack, Haystack Show with Mike Guido.
1: Hour three. What a second hour we had, right? That
3: was incredible. Boy,
1: oh boy, it's the Haystack and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. iHeartRadio, Heart Radio. In radio. Worldwidesportsradio.com. Woo. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, my producer, Monica Ray, Big J Journalist. Good to have you in here on a Thursday.
0: Right. We had our
1: MLB post-season award show. What a show. And, oh, wow, it was just. We're
3: still on such wow. a high. The host was just incredible. <laughs> and my co-host. Oh, goodness. Thank you, Renee.
1: The co-host was just great. He's
3: enjoying French fries. He, g- he chicken gave chicken us a little right bit right of
1: that now. Spanish flavor. It was fantastic. Yeah. Right, Renee? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you can't say that on the air.
3: That might be racist.
1: No, it's not. <laughs> you know, can I? Listen, Renee and I have a very special relationship, right? Uh-oh. I got you, man. Boom,
3: chicka, we're good. Wow, wow, We're doing
1: good. We, as, as you can see, we're a little unorganized today, but we're, we are. I'll be honest with you. Uh, this is kind of one of those shows where it's a lot freer, right? Thursday shows, not a ton going on. Thursday night football tonight. You know, these these are a little bit more more free, right? We take Listen. longer breaks, you just, we eat, you we go, you go I mean, on the we fly. do all this stuff. Monica's doing other stuff that isn't related <laughs> to the show just because it's like it's it's such a laid back environment. You here. go on the fly, man. You just, just, just I'm a great boss. Let me just say that. I, yeah, I, I gotta I get am, this in. I am an absolutely phenomenal all boss. Right, check you that are. All right,
2: all right, you're not wearing an no untucked shirt. Check that ego out. You're not wearing a no tucket shirt now.
1: You are a great boss. Evan, I still hate you. Okay. Hate you too. ca <laughs> Ka. Ka. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I, I want to begin with this. So when you're when you're in a marriage, you have to make decisions that might not be best for you. You know, you might have to make for the betterment of uh, of the household or for the benefit of your children or something along those lines. You know, sometimes like if you've got young kids and you want to get divorced, you might just you might hold off on it because they're at the you got a 13 year old and an 11 year old. They're they're a little bit impressionable. You don't want it to affect them uh, affect it, uh, affect them when they're getting older, so you know you don't want it to affect them in the future, so you y- you hang on to the relationship a little bit yeah, the browns have to do that with Freddie Kitchens. they have to hang on to him okay you cannot divorce Freddie Kitchens after one year okay so I saw an interesting thing tonight uh, earlier this morning and it said the last six Browns coaches, the last six Browns head coaches got fired after a game where they played the Steelers, and they play the Steelers tonight. So it's got a lot of people saying, oh, boy, it could be bad news for Freddie Kitchens. That, well, hang on. There's so, uh, listen, there's two reasons why I think you can't, you can't do this. Two reasons why I think he can't. The first is, Baker Mayfield is your child. Listen, I bang on Baker Mayfield all the time. But if you want that kid to succeed even a little bit, you can't give him his fourth head coach in three years. Okay, Hugh Jackson, Greg Williams, Freddie Kitchens, and then whoever you'd bring in. That's three different playbooks, or four different playbooks, that's four different personalities. You cannot do that to the kid. Okay, listen. If you're if you're a mother who has a young son, there's a reason why she doesn't bring every boyfriend into the house. Why she doesn't bring every guy that she dates into the house? Because if it doesn't work out, to, I mean, how many quote unquote? It's going to sound weird. Quote unquote dads is this going to kid have? Is this kid going to have? It's not normal for Baker Mayfield and young quarterbacks to filter through coaches in the NFL. It, he's a young, impressionable quarterback. You don't want him to get the idea of, well, this is just kind of what the NFL is. I, I mean, you don't think that some or, you know, organizational frustration is going to build in? It absolutely is. If you're in John Dorsey and you're Jimmy Haslam, I'm begging you not to fire Freddie Kitchens, so you can at least keep Baker Mayfield with some organizational stability. This is why I say the Jets are making the right move by not firing Adam Gase right away. Yeah. You don't want to give, you, well, you don't want to give Sam Darnold his third head coach in three years. You have to maintain at least some sort of organizational stability for the betterment of your young quarterback. I know you don't like that. Uh-uh.
3: But There's a lot of grumbling over there.
1: From yeah, the I know. I, I hear he- that. Mm. I hear a lot of moaning. Why don't you uh-huh. just be quiet over there, you? You know what? Yeah, I will. All
4: right. All right.
1: All right. All right. Yeah, I'm just gonna shut my mouth. Yeah, I'm just. You
4: know what? <laughs> I'm just not gonna say anything. Okay. Good. Hey. <laughs> right. go my show. Except Fine. Go,
2: except go to Christopher Johnson and say, "Go get me Lincoln Riley." Darn it.
4: No, you, yeah. No. Okay. Uh, not really. No, I don't agree with that one either. Really? No. All
1: right. All right so, so here's my thing. I told you, some of these organizations got to make a choice, right? The Jets had to make a choice. The Browns have to make a choice. Would you rather, if you don't think the coach is going to work out, would you rather just replace that coach giving your quarterback the, you know, another coach in as many years, or do you want to try and maintain some sort of organizational stability? And if you do that, I think you're making the right choice. You have to maintain that organizational stability. You have to.
4: I think it, I think it depends on the
1: situation, though, no? No. No. It doesn't. You absolutely have to keep your keep your head coach. You have to listen. It, it would not make a difference if the Agree quarterback was thirty-one, thirty-two. Yeah, exactly. But if your quarterback's twenty-four, like Baker Mayfield is, this is too young for him to keep recycling new playbooks. You know what I mean? He's he's got to. There has to be some sort of stability there. The second reason is. You know, when you're in a marriage, or I'll, I, I I brought this up to Monica in hour one, and I'm going to bring it up to her an hour three again. So Uh-oh. let's say you're going on a I'm date. Have
3: to with, consult my attorney.
1: Yeah, you're going on a <laughs> date with a guy, right? Okay. So this guy, you know his background, right? Little and bit. he could be he could be a great guy. Could be okay. a great guy.
3: Okay. That's but you know good. his
1: background. He's had three divorces, three short-lived marriages. Yikes! it's a red flag. It's a red flag. Yeah. Right. You're kind of like uh, okay, uh, um, I'm good, I'm good. Right, that's a but no. if you date a guy and he might have one, di- he might have one divorce under his belt. He'd been married for hey, eight happen. years or whatever. Th- things happen. It's okay. You're a good guy. I, uh, I'm not getting that the, the well, this guy just can't. The, the, he's the common denominator in this. I mean, three different women, short-lived marriage. I mean, this There's guy something must something wrong. Something wrong here. But so. You have to kind of think about it. If you're you – ha- you have to think about it as if you're the Cleveland Browns, you have to make the job more attractive, okay? You have to show that the guy that you bring in there, to, well, we're going to have your back. You know, we're not going to embarrass you in front of the media. We're, we have to – because think about it. What is attractive about the Browns' job right now? Nothing. You have no organizational stability – If things don't work out, they could jump ship on you. You have a very moody and not easy to deal with quarterback. What is attractive about this? Well, 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 it's Cleveland.
4: The talent is there. You can't say the talent's not there. That there's a reason why you brought in Jarvis Landry. There's a reason why you brought in Odell Beckham Jr. Right in the offseason. There's a reason why Baker Mayfield is the starting quarterback of that team and not Tyrod Taylor.
2: And you drafted Nick Chubb too.
4: And you drafted Nick Chubb
2: and Miles Garrett.
4: At a certain point, I mean, I understand Freddie Kitchens. He he had the interim. Te- uh, he was the offensive coordinator or whatever it was, and then he gets he gets the head coaching job. I understand, but I, in the case of the Jets with Adam Gase, like you you were just alluding to the whole three, you know three divorces thing, right? He went through one divorce already that ended very badly. Don't you think that's a red flag in a sense when you go into another team? What and do you, what do you mean? The divorce with the Miami Dolphins, that ended badly.
1: Yeah, but he was there for
4: years. He was he was there for three years. The first year he took him to the playoffs. Then they then they re- regressed every year after that. Right. And now he's at two and seven. Don't well, right. you see a I'm, don't you see a a a common?
1: I'm not saying you can't fire there. Well, no, because I'm not saying that you can't fire your coach. I'm saying that you can't fire your coach at midway through a year or half a, or. One, no, I don't say. One season, I don't say midway through, especially year. if at you the have a young se- quarterback.
4: I think at the end of at the end of the season, when you had when when you had the free agency that you did, and I understand CJ Mosley's been hurt and Le'Veon Bell hasn't really had the capabilities of going out there and being who we all know Le'Veon Bell can can be because that offensive line for the Jets is horrendous.
2: And they lost Avery Williamson for the year.
4: Yes, so I get it that there's some circumstances that won't allow that but you have to see beyond that the the, when when he opens up the playbook things sort of work out for the Jets and we sort of saw that we saw that against the Cowboys we saw that against the Giants when you open up the playbook how how things can really work but when he's conservative this team is terrible right no
1: I, I get that but what I'm saying is is that regardless of the fact because he I'm not saying that he's doing a good job what i'm saying is you've got to maintain that stability in your organization you have to show that you know what we uh, this job is not as bad as it may seem right our quarterback does not have to filter through another playbook okay if another year goes by and it just really isn't working out and it's starting to frustrate the players and everything okay then you can move on but after one season especially with a young quarterback You've got to just, you know what I mean.
4: It, I think Freddie Kitchens is, it, is in is in worse position. You've got to wait it out. I think he's, in, he's I think he's in a worse position than Adam Gase, though. What do you mean, Freddie Kitchens? I, I I just think that he got put into a situation where he never had experience as as a head coach. Yeah. He hasn't dealt with the person. He never dealt had to deal with personalities like, a Baker Mayfield or Doug Belkin Jr. So I, I I think he's just I think he's.
1: Yeah, he's in well, a tough spot. He's in a,
4: uh, Yes, he's in a very, very tough spot. I don't think the decision to keep him would be the smartest thing in the world.
1: Yeah, but why? Why would you fire him? Like, what good does that do you? It's not working out for you right now.
4: He's not good sure. with, he's not good with play calling. He's, time management is terrible. Right. As a head coach, you need to be, need to be able to go out there and delegate. You, you need to be able to... Do your play calling, right? His background is offense.
0: Yeah. Right. right.
4: So you, your offense should be the best thing that's 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 working on your team, and that's the one th- and that's one thing that's really isn't work- that really isn't working for the
1: Browns. No, that I, you're right. I understand that, but at the same time, you've got to ask yourself: If I fire Freddie Kitchens, who's going to be interested in my job at this point? Who's going to be well, interested in it? Thing. You know what I mean? Like, you're not getting Mike McCarthy. You're not no, getting you're Lincoln not getting Riley. Riley. McCarthy you're... wanted the Browns' job this past offseason. Right, but well, no, McCarthy only wanted the Jets' jet job. Didn't McCa- he also want Cleveland? No. no, Bruce Arians wanted Cleveland. Bruce Arians wanted Cleveland, and he McCarthy said, I'm only going to take the
4: job. Cleveland job. McCarthy only wanted the Jets' job.
1: McCarthy only
4: wanted the Jets' job, and that was it. Which is all the more blasphemous. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, mind-boggling is what I meant to say, but anyways. but
1: All right, I want to move on to this. So we watched the Rockets last night play the Clippers. And uh, Rockets won. It was in Houston, 102.93. And James Harden was phenomenal. Uh, It was a, it looks like he's finally breaking out of that early season shooting slump. He was, uh, he dropped 47 last night. Now everyone is saying, oh, you see, Guido, I told you everything was going to work out. I told you the Rockets were going to be unbelievable. Well, okay. First of all, let me say this I never thought that the Rockets would be terrible. Harden and Westbrook are good for something in the NBA. Second of all, why would I change my opinion? Last night was exactly what I said they would be. Some nights, they'll score 130 points and blow teams out, but more commonly, one of them is going to have to, is going to, have, to have an unbelievable scoring night because the other one's going to be off because they're both crazy and efficient and streaky. That's exactly what happened. Last night, Harden was great. He had 47 Westbrook was not. He was 6 for 20 and scored 17 points. And they snuck by the Clippers at home without Paul George. So why, why are we getting excited? That's, that's not a way to win at the end of the year. When you have to go through the Lakers, the Clippers, Denver, Utah, it isn't going to fly, especially in the Western Conference. It's just not. So you got to understand on most nights, either one of them will be off or both of them will be off. It's, it, you're going to get that very rare occasion where both of them are going to be firing on all cylinders. And at that point, they're going to look incredible. But this is one of those situations where if they are not both on, they're going to have trouble sneaking through games. They are. you know, They're winning games early in the year. I get that. But when it becomes later in the year, we're already seeing the struggle of having Harden and Westbrook on the court at the same time. You know, it's a fight for them to give each other the ball. We see that. You see the occasional pass between each other, but you're already seeing Westbrook shot 20 shots last night. It's not like Westbrook deferred. Westbrook shot 20 shots. They're both trying to get theirs. It isn't going to work. Now, late in the year, it'll be very tense trust me when it comes to a playoff game ask yourself this who's getting the ball in the fourth quarter last night it was James but it won't be that all the time they won't be that fortunate well there where they'll know who the hot guy is you know it could be quarterly the fact that this alternates right Westbrook could be hot in the first quarter Harden second quarter Harden again third quarter Westbrook back in the fourth I mean It's going to be so hard to manage, and that's how they win. It's not like they have depth. They don't have a great starting lineup. They don't have a ton of shooters. This team is live and die Harden and Westbrook. That's what the Rockets are. So, again, let's be honest about this. Let's not try to outsmart the room. Break it down as simply as you possibly can. Both high usage rate, both extremely inefficient, and both need the ball. Why should I have, expect- have expectations for this? I don't think I should. It's just a very iffy situation for the Houston Rockets. Don't overthink it. They barely snuck by the Clippers last night when Harden scored almost 50. Imagine what happened. Harden doesn't score 50 in a game. Okay. What are we asking for? Westbrook for more? That's your only other option. Okay, they're exactly who we thought they were. They are a westbrook harden reliant team where if they're both not on, they're struggling to get by games. That's just the fact of the matter. It was at home yesterday without, without uh, Paul George for the Clippers. I mean, I'm not making this up. You, watch them. They, it's a fight for them to give the ball to each other. They both want to be the guy. Okay, so at the end of the game, one of them's going to miss a shot. All right, next possession, give me the ball. No, I got this. Don't worry about it. That's what it's going to be like. All right. Uh, good stuff today. Coming up next, again. Uh, More news, we play Buy or Sell every Thursday That's coming up next, it's the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network
0: You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network You're you're, you're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network
1: It's good to have you back on the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network Mike, Evan, Monica here on a Thursday Uh, So Evan, we have Thursday night football tonight What do we have?
2: We have the <clears throat> excuse me. Well, we have the Cleveland Browns taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers in Cleveland tonight. Big win, big game in the AFC North. I believe the spread is let me get the odds up. For it's you. Browns
1: minus three. Browns
2: are favorite, huh? I did pick the Browns because I hate the Steelers. Browns. That's Ste- simple. Uh the line
1: opened at uh, two and a
2: half before yeah, the line's open at two and a half, so two and a half in favor of the yeah, Cleveland Browns by three.
1: All right, so it's Browns minus 3 in Cleveland. Uh you know what? I am going to take the Browns tonight. I do think the Browns get a W tonight. They're able to beat the uh the Bills last week at home, two straight um uh two straight home wins, which I think is going to be huge for them. Again, it's Uh, It's interesting because I think that they match up well. I think that those wide receivers are going to do are going to do well against that Steelers secondary, even though the Steelers secondary has improved. Uh,
2: Fitzpatrick, he has made quite the difference. Making Fitzpatrick, he
1: has made a huge difference. Uh, But again, this is one of those things where the Browns. uh, This is the point in their schedule where it starts to get a little easier. These are kind of turning into must-win games. So I do think it'll be close. I think it'll be very close. I'm staying away from this game if I'm uh, if I'm a betting guy, but I will take Cleveland. I'll take Cleveland to slightly edge out the Steelers. I'm going to say I'll, I'll, I'll go 20 to 17 over the Steelers tonight.
2: Yeah, I'm in agreement with seventeen. I'm in agreement with you on the score, but I think I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers to win here. Yeah. The Cleveland Browns. If there's one thing they could, it's just. I think it's also just a sense of the rivalry. Pittsburgh has Pittsburgh has 33 wins over the Browns in the last two decades. Entering this game, 33 wins. That's crazy. That's crazy in, that's crazy yeah, in that's the nice. in these in the last two decades, the 2000s and this decade. The Steelers. They're not going away. They're, they're red hot right now. They're coming off this big win over the Rams, which I don't think which many people uh, picked them to win. I didn't either. You didn't either. No one did. They're red hot. And the Browns, they got a good win against Buffalo. But I look at the Steelers' front seven and that pass, rush against that Browns offensive line, and they might cause some trouble for Baker Mayfield in this Browns offense. Yeah. And I think, I think Mason Rudolph has been fine. I think he'll do just enough to win this game. I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I can't believe I'm, I can't believe I'm saying it because f- I can't because a few weeks ago, I probably would have taken Cleveland, but now I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers here. The, and the Browns could probably run the football against the, against the Steelers. The Steelers are only 16th in the NFL in, in stopping the run. And Nick Chubb has been really good this year other than the New England game. They've carried the ball with him 20 times, I believe six times in the last seven games. He's, right. he's gotten the ball 20 or more times.
1: By the way, have you updated the standings? No, I will, I will after the it.
2: break. I promise, I will after the commercial break. All right, I'm going right. to take. I'm gonna take
1: uh, yeah, uh, we probably will take. Yeah, we'll probably take one more commercial.
2: I will, but. I will, I will update them. But I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game. All right, I got Pittsburgh.
1: All right, so we're both. All right, so uh, Monica and I are on the Browns. You're on the Steelers tonight, Evan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, again, I think it's. I think the Browns got to win tonight. They do. They do get a win tonight. All right. So, let's go to the news. Big J journalist Monica Ray here on a Thursday. Oh, boy. So, not
3: sports-related, but there's been another school shooting.
1: Oh, my Lord. there been a
3: shooting in Santa Clarita, which is, I believe, 30 miles northwest of Los Angeles. Um, apparently, the gunman has been captured. There is reported one dead now, and I guess seven or eight people uh, injured at the hospital. Yeah. Maybe more to come. I mean, it's... It's just sad. I can't I can't understand what's going on with kids that they go to school and they get shot.
0: I,
1: I don't I don't know. I and listen, I, I, I've always been on I've always been on board with this because I, I, I understand that people don't want school to feel like prison, but if it's for a kid's safety, safety. then why don't they treat schools like airports? I'm serious. Right. What have check ins. I'm not kidding. Have legit like you can't walk into a stadium without getting patted down. You can't walk into you can't walk into an airport. you you right. gotta go through so many levels of security before you go get into an airport. Right. Why isn't it that way with a school? I don't know. I, I am uh, listen, Some I, schools I know that everybody's way, simple but... solution is oh well you gotta you gotta just make it so that those people can't get guns. There is no way to there is no way to do that. Right. There is no Bad way to do that. people always find a way. Right, exactly. Marijuana is illegal. People still find a way to get it. Yes, it's just, yeah. you know what I mean? So there is no solution that way. There just is not. I know everybody wants to take it out on that, but I still don't understand why the first course of action is against the gun instead of why don't we make our facilities safer, okay? Hire ex-police officers. Hire ex-military to be security at schools. Right. Okay? Stand outside the door, armed, and protect your children inside.
3: Nobody should have to go to school in fear that they could be shot.
1: Exactly. The fear shouldn't be, well, I don't want to go to school. It, It feels like a prison in there. Well, the reason it does that there's so much security is because of stuff like this. We have to protect this from happening. Yeah. So I've always been on board with that stance of treating schools as if they were airports. Seriously, you've got to go through security check-ins. Every kid that gets that goes uh, that goes that shows up at school that day has to go through a security check-in. Okay, every teacher, everything,
3: yeah,
1: every single per- every custodian, every single Everybody. person has to get the the security people have to get through a security check-in. Right, like it's just. You've got to do a better job at protecting the kids inside. We can say what we want, and we can start all these movements about, about gun violence and all of that stuff. None of that is – I'm sorry, and I hate that this, this is probably going to offend people. That isn't doing anything. I'm tired of people saying, well, we're going to stand up for uh, – stand up against gun violence. You realize that that movement has not improved a single thing. right? It has not. I know. Take action. I
3: know.
1: Quit trying to get the conversation started and start doing things. I say it all the time, right? Like, it was the same thing with the anthem thing. It's the same sort of principle. I was like, listen, if you're – when people say, oh, we're doing it because we want to start a dialogue. If you don't think the dialogue's been – that's all we talk about. That's all we've been talking about for years.
3: I mean, the time for talk is over. Right I just, like, now, it's time, it's for, time for action. action. That,
1: mission accomplished. Make if you want the conversation safe. to start, the conversation is started. Let's take action now, and the first action should be increasing security at schools. Yeah. It should be that, yeah. and I don't know why that wasn't in place already, but that should be the first case of action. So, but anyway, all right, let's. Our so so hearts positive go out note, to yes, all of, those of course. People Everybody um, here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, our hearts are with you and your family. Uh, we hope that. Everything is, you know, I, I I don't want to say okay, but we do hope that things um, improve over there. We heard, we hope that people recover, um, and for any potential lives that are lost and will be lost, you know, we are with you in that, and we'll be play, we'll be praying for you.
3: So, uh, Vernon Hargraves, he was the former first round draft pick of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and yeah. he was cut mid last week for. Not hustling. And you know what? Really? I personally love that term, hustling. Because some people say it has a negative connotation. Some people say it has good. I'm like, when I, when I used to coach soccer, I would say, let's see a hustle on the field. Let's get out there. Let's move. Let's get it done. So apparently he wasn't getting it done, so they cut him, and Houston yeah, has he's, picked him up.
1: He's been a really underwhelming player. It's so so maybe he'll It's hustle such a shame in Houston. you remember that, uh, Evan Wright? So, like, it was that draft. I think it was the same draft, right? Jalen Ramsey and Eli Apple and Vernon Hargraves. And everybody was saying when the Giants drafted Eli Apple over Vernon Hargraves, I was just like, why? Vernon Hargraves is right there. Well, it turns out Vernon Hargraves is a worse player than Eli Apple. He's pretty crazy. And he doesn't hustle.
2: It was Ramsey, Eli Apple, Vernon Hargraves. Uh, after that, the other corner was William Jackson of the Bengals. William Jackson, who's Artie. actually
1: pretty good. William Jackson's good. And already Burns at the Steelers. And Artie
2: Burns has had, pretty much had a hard time in Pittsburgh since he got there. Right. So so let's
3: let's hope he hustles in Houston. Ar-
2: Hargraves is really <laughs> talented coming out of the University of
1: Florida. He was really talented. He was. Out of I thought he was going to be Darrell Rivas. Uh, Vernon Hargraves, I was so in on. He was such a good player in college. And it's a shame. So he was picked up by the Texans. They need secondary. Maybe a change of scenery. Maybe Listen, he's one of those guys where you where you absolutely got to take a flyer on him. Why not? When a former first-round pick, really highly touted, played for not a great organization in Tampa Bay, he's now coming to a more stable organization in Houston. That's Maybe a change of scenery is good for him.
3: All right, so I've got a little bit of a cult following with my uh, food segment. So I yeah, gotta,
1: you know what? You've actually gained a bit of a cult following I have. I've that. got some new Everybody's listeners. Everybody's interested in this food Everybody stuff. Everybody
3: is. So, Who's not um, interested in food? One of our new listeners, Lisa, asked me to look up the world's largest oyster. And oh, I ew. Did. Oh, oyster. Yeah.
1: I am not it, interested in this. Yeah. I hate oysters.
3: So this oyster is basically the size of a man's shoe. It's 14 inches long, and it is alive and it growing is, in Denmark.
1: It is 10
3: pounds. <laughs> <laughs> it does not weigh 10,000 pounds. How many pounds do you think it weighs?
2: Largest oyster. Largest oyster. It's the size of a shoe? It's the size of a man's shoe. 50 pounds. Size of a man's shoe? 35 pounds. Remember, there's stuff inside there.
1: 60 pounds. 70 pounds. 120 pounds. <laughs> 10,000 pounds. Ten. Well,
3: So it weighs (laughs) 3,561 pounds. Say that again. What? 3,561 pounds.
1: But it's the size of a shoe. Yeah, but
3: it's in there. I don't know. I guess that
1: How could a thing that big weigh over 3,000 pounds? What is it, like a cinder block? That's what it says. It
3: says it also has a few other smaller oysters stuck to it. You know, maybe like groupies, you know? I don't know. So they're they included. Fans. They're included in that weight as well. So, oh, hi,
1: world's largest oyster. Yeah, big fan, big fan, big fan. I'm so, just going to clamp onto you for a little yeah. while.
3: So that was for you, Lisa.
1: Um, oyster. You I had, hate oysters. You ever man. had muscle? I can't,
2: I you ever had mussels?
1: I hate seafood. Oh. I won't eat, won't eat mussels. Won't eat Mike, oysters. Won't you're eat missing out, clams, Mike.
2: I got to take you to a seafood joint. I got to take you to a seafood place. You're I'm missing not, out. No, because I, I love not, seafood.
1: I am not spending money on seafood that I, I know I'm going to hate. I love seafood. Oh, well, you I can just tri- try
2: it maybe.
1: You know what I tried last <laughs> I've week been trying that I food. really didn't like? I thought I would like it, but I really didn't like. I tried it for the first time in my life. I tried duck. I duck. I, I've never had duck. Quack, quack. I've had duck I I tried duck and it's not good. It is not good. Well, you know you what know, I really funny. like though? You know what I really like? I haven't had it in a while, but you know what I really like? It's so tender and so good.
3: I'm gonna say deer?
1: Lamb. Uh, Lamb That's, that's it,
3: bad. Why? Because it's a baby. A lamb? Who wants to eat a baby lamb?
1: Oh, are you one of those? You're one of those. And I was like, no, protect the animals. <laughs> You're one of those people, aren't you, Monica?
3: No, I, I do eat Meat. <laughs>
1: Yes. Wait, Mike, as long as they're grown-ups I'll eat them. Mike, they're well, babies. Mike, no.
2: As soon as the show's over, I'm taking you down to Port Jaff and we're going to go to and we're going to go to one of the seafood places. Oh, uh, which one? Are you sure?
1: Are you going to take me to a steam one? room? Steam, steam room, room.
2: Anyone. any of them. Okay. No, st- I, we're gonna uh, go listen, go No, listen. We're going to
1: get a crab cake, listen, lobsters. I've had shrimp from shrimp. Steam Room. I've had shrimp from Steam Room, Calamari. and I'm sure it's delicious. Lobster bisque. I'm sure it's delicious. Uh-oh. I am not a seafood guy. Lobster bis. I can't stand the smell of seafood. everything smells rotten. It just does. I'll take it out. I'll tell you. We're, taking, we're, going, we're going now. Evan, we are not going. My car may only drive 50 miles an hour right now, but you are not forcing me to go to Steam Room. No. I've gotten stuff from Steam. I've gotten chicken fingers from Steam Room, and they're delicious. They Those are, are delicious. Good. Those are pretty good.
2: Chicken fingers. Chicken at, fingers. At steam room. Right. I'm just
1: not a seafood guy. That's not, I don't think that's fingers. a crime. You're missing, I'm just not you're a, mis- a seafood you're missing, guy.
2: You're missing out. You're missing out some good food. I'm just telling you. You're missing out.
1: I am not missing out. It's delicious. I had a... Um, I forget what I had. I had a fillet of some sort. No, I'll just go to we'll just go to McDonald's and I'll get you a fillet. Of fish. I had a breaded. I have a. I had a breaded fillet, and it was the worst thing I've ever tasted. Just I swear. I family story, real quick, before we move on. So Great Wolf Lodge. Have you ever been there? Right. Mm-hmm. In the indoor water park and everything like that. It's yeah. a, it's like a children's place. Right. So it's like a resort for families. So my fan when I was younger and my sister was younger. We went to great Wolf, uh, great Wolf Lodge, me and my family, and they have a buffet, like a gigantic buffet that you can grab for dinner every night. And I sat down. I was loaded. I got like a cheeseburger. I got pizza. I got mac and cheese. I got french fries. I mean, I was loaded. I was going ham. I got chicken fingers. It was great. My sister, bring my freaking sister, brings a plate that big, stacked, with crab legs. Ooh. And I mean like it we had to sit somewhere else because they smelled so bad. It was so <laughs> awful because she had a gigantic place of plate plate of crab legs and they were they smelled so bad.
3: Alright, I got one more for you. Another uh, going- listener inspired. We're going to McDonald's, I'm gonna get you a filet of fish.
1: No, the filet o fish uh, is a disgrace to, at to at a McDonald's. McDonald's. Oh. It's a disgrace to McDonald's. If you don't go to McDonald's and get a double quarter pounder with cheese, I don't know what to tell you.
3: So, inspired by my uh, my friend Rob, who was at a uh, German house last night, Rob, at a boy, I looked up the, schnitzel, the largest uh, bratwurst.
1: Oh, brats, okay.
3: So, ten thousand pounds. 000. How many feet? <laughs> I, it's, I don't think it was weighed, so this was just in feet. How many feet do you think the largest Bratwurst is
1: or uh, was? I am going to go with. No peaking. 100 feet. Okay. 30 yards.
3: Evan, what do you have?
2: 45 feet.
3: All right, Evan would win. It was 52 feet and okay. 2 inches. So, you know, that that's made with pig's intestines, so the guy had to, yeah. like, put yes. it all together and everything. And surprisingly... He had to
1: human centipede pigs to make a gigantic brat. <laughs>
3: surprisingly... You've
1: seen that movie, right? Uh, Which movie? Human centipede. Don't, I can't... Don't. Don't do that? Don't, Why? Don't go
3: there. That's gross. What? Human centipede.
1: Yeah, I know. It is, it is gross, but is that not kind of what happened? You had to put different pigs together and... Make a big oh, brat.
3: Now I feel sick. Never seen the movie.
1: Oh,
2: I was trying to
3: end it on a on a brat.
2: Guten <laughs> yeah. my, my tag. My cat my cat's a big disgusting Yeah, and I had, I, mean. to ru- I had to ruin it. Yeah, that's, that's going <laughs> to be the never, end of that.
1: Mike had to be disgusted. She's <laughs> never hosting an award show for me ever again because I grossed her I out mean, with human uh, sex.
2: Oh, don't even say it
1: again. Don't even say it.
3: Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Rob.
1: <laughs> All right, that's the news. Big J Journalist. Monica Ray <laughs> here on a Thursday.
3: Oh
2: boy,
1: <laughs> God, I keep missing. I am awful. I would be a horrible quarterback. Don't
2: quit your day job, right? I'd be a terrible well, I'll quarterback. I'll tell you right now, we, we can take you on as a backup quarterback for Dak Prescott, and then give you a little. Piece I mean, of listen, I could, I'm
1: probably better than Cooper Rush. All right, uh, <laughs> all right, let's do this. Uh, let's go to buy or sell, Evan. Here we go. We do it every Thursday. So it's listen. It's time I, for. I think it's Evan's favorite segment. Buy or sell.
2: Buy, buy, buy! Yay!
1: Here sell, we sell, sell. go, Evan. What do we got?
2: All right. So, buy or sell. I think this is interesting. Garrett Cole. He didn't win the Cy Young last night, so Garrett Cole not winning the Cy Young hurt his contract negotiations this offseason. Buy or sell. I'm gonna
1: buy that. I think buy, it's, buy, buy. I think it hurts him a little bit. I don't. I don't think it. I don't think it really hurts him that bad. But having that Cy Young, especially the season after you're you're a free agent, that is an extra leverage point in contract negotiations. So maybe in I think it maybe knocks a few million off his average annual salary. I think it does. As crazy as that might sound, because a lot of people feel like he did deserve it, but the fact is that he didn't win it. He won Justin Verlander, his own teammate, won it. I think that really, uh, I, I think it really could drive down his value. It's not going to be like crazy but it really i think it could drive down his value yes by like a couple of percentage points so maybe instead of making like 34 million dollars a year maybe he makes 30 certainly interesting to monitor now because i think teams
2: could use that but you know cole cole was just dominant. he was dominant because imagine that like
1: his agent is scott boris right and now so boris said didn't boris say yes that that leverage point that he would have he would be able to say listen my client he listen he won the cy young award now he can't say that he can't yeah. use that as a leverage point. Bo- now he could say he was nominated for the Cy Young, but he can't say he won the Cy Young. Mm. I
2: mean, Bo- I think Boris also said yesterday. I think he said like there are thirty teams who want Garrett Cole as, like a Christmas present or something like that. It was like you know, he's a Christmas gift. And uh, wants- I got news I for you.
1: I have. I got news for you. I was like the analogy. Every single team in baseball is going to be interested in Garrett Cole. Every single team. They want an ace, and they want an ace for a long time. I wouldn't be surprised if the Marlins were in on him. I'm serious. Now, there's no realistic possibility. I think that there are, realistically right now, I think there are three teams that are going to be in on him even heavily. If, even the you, Dodgers, the Angels, and the Yankees. Those are the three teams that are going to be in on him heavily.
2: Even if you have an ace or two, go after Cole. Because the more the, more the merrier in terms of pitching. Even if you have an ace, go out and get Cole. You know, I mean, look again, the Nationals won a World Series. They had Strasburg and, and Scherzer. The Astros, the Astros have been in World Series contention. They've had Cole and Verlander a couple of years ago. They had Verlander and Dallas Keuchel. So, you know, it's, even if you have an ace, go out and go get Garrett Cole. Right. So, as I, with the Dodgers, you've got Clayton Kershaw. And, you know, if, you can, if you're able to retain Ryu, go out and get Garrett Cole if you can. Right. So, buy or sell. Go to tonight's Pittsburgh Steelers-Cleveland Browns game. T.J. Watt will have at least two and a half sacks on Baker Mayfield tonight. Buy or sell.
1: Uh, I'm going to sell that. I don't think T.J. Watt's going to have that many sacks. (laughs) I think it's going to be spread around quite a bit. I think Bud Dupree's going to get a sack. Cameron Hayward's going to get a sack. Um, uh, T.J. Watt probably will get in there once. You're probably going to see a defensive back get a sack at least once. You know, maybe somebody like Joe Hayden gets a sack. But uh, two and a half is a lot to ask of one player, so I'm going to say no.
2: Let's go to another pass rusher. Khalil Mack, he only has two and a half sacks, also two and a half sacks, the last six games. So... He will register two sacks against the Rams on Sunday night against their offensive line.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that happens. Bye bye bye. I think it's going to be a tough one. Uh, Khalil Mack is going to dominate. Uh, Khalil Mack, you've got to keep in mind, Khalil Mack plays on the, uh, I'll say, the uh, left side of the defense. So he, he's going up against the right side of the offensive line. He's not going up against Andrew Whitworth. He's going to be going up against Rob Havenstein's backup because Rob Havenstein's out. So, no center Brian Allen, no Rob Havenstein. The, uh, the Rams have a very tough offensive line as it is. Khalil Mack's going to have a big day against the Rams.
2: By or sell? We talked about Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens will be the Browns head coach next season. By or sell?
1: I'm going to buy that. Like I said, buy, I, buy, buy. I was talking about it earlier today. I think the worst thing that the Browns could do is let go of Freddie Kitchens, either whether it's tonight, whether it's this season. They absolutely need to hold on to him for at least one more year don 't let break uh, Baker Mayfield, excuse me, have his fourth head coach in three uh, in three years, and you can't let the job look worse than it already does you 've got to show at least some sort of stability, even if it doesn't work out. show that you have faith in your guy and that you're not going to f- jump ship. make it so that if even if you don't want Freddie Kitchens, make it so it 's more attractive to guys that you do want going forward, so yeah, I think the smart decision. Is to keep Freddie Kitchens, and that's what I think the Browns will ultimately end up doing.
2: Let's go to another head coaching uh, head coaching staff, Adam Gase with the Jets. Chris Johnson said yesterday to the media that Adam Gase will be the head coach next year. Do you buy that? Buy or sell?
1: Yeah, I buy that. I, I think that buy, buy, buy. The, the Jets are trying to do what the Browns might do, uh, might not do. Right. So the the Jets are trying to maintain that organizational stability. I think that, I, I look, I. Adam Gase, I thought originally it was a really good hire because I think he was a really nice offensive coach in Miami. It was exactly what Sam Darnold needed, but it was the what I've learned from Adam Gase is that he's kind of crabby. He's very stingy. He's not very personable. He 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 seems like he's always uncomfortable. Him and Greg Williams don't get along. You know, I I do think that they will uh, will keep him because Christopher Johnson said that they would. Um, and, again, that organizational stability is important. So I will buy it. But, again, we'll, we'll see how much longer after that Adam Gase lasts with the, with the Jets.
2: Buy or sell? This is a big one. The Houston Astros 2017 World Series Championship is tainted.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, I, buy, I, I buy that. Buy, buy, buy! It's absolutely tainted. If they, were using, if they were using cameras in center field to identify pitches before they happened, uh, then, yeah, it absolutely is tainted. If you cheat, uh, whatever you accomplish is tainted. That is not the way that you're supposed to do things. So I am very disappointed in the Astros organization. I thought that they were above this, and to be honest with you, I'm I'm, I'm really shocked. I, I really am. This is not a good look for them. Uh, their 2017 World Series is absolutely 100% tainted. I think their entire season is tainted. It really is. They. They do not look good. Even this season is the, tainted because of it. I was about to say,
2: how many seasons did we go in the last three years? Eight, uh, and I'm not even, that,
1: not even saying that they did it this year. If they only did it that one year, it doesn't matter. It taints, the, it, taints, yeah. it taints how successful they were in the past three years. Buy or sell? Jacksonville Jaguars
2: and Nick Foles returns this Sunday against the Colts. Buy or sell? If Foles struggles the last couple of games... Gardner Minshew will go back in at quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: I'm going to sell that. I don't sell, think that, sell, that sell. happens. I, you got to keep in mind, a lot of what goes into playing players is how much money they make. Nick Foles is making $22 million a year. So if you're making $22 million a year, you don't want to pay pay him to sit on the bench. You know what I mean? So – the Jaguars are going to look at this and say, all right, he's our financial investment. We have to stick with him. We've got to make sure that our $22 million a year is not going down the drain. So if Nick Foles struggles, they're going to have to deal with it. They've got to get him out of the funk. They're not going to go back to Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew has proven that he's going to be a really nice backup in the league for a long time. But Nick Foles, again, has to be their guy going forward because they're paying him so much money, if nothing else. Buy or sell. Houston Texans, Baltimore Ravens.
2: Both teams will combine for over 630 yards of total offense come this Sunday again in Baltimore.
1: 630 yards of total offense. Yep. I'm going to sell that because that's a, lot. That yeah. sell, that's sell, a sell. lot of yards. I do think that there's going to be a lot of yards in this game. It's going to be more of a high-scoring game than anything else because Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson are both really electric players. But I don't think it's going to reach that number. It's done a high scoring, a lot of yards, not a whole ton of defense, but not that many yards.
2: Buy or sell the Los the oh, I'm sorry the Los Angeles Rams will not only miss the playoffs, but will also look to trade some of their offensive playmakers next year in order to compensate their contracts. So guys like Cooks or Robert Woods. Stuff, Robert Woods.
1: Uh, sell. I, I, look, sell, first sell, of all, I, I, I buy the fact that they're not going to make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to trade their guys. I think they're going to try and keep their offensive weapons. Sean McVay likes this three-headed monster wide receiver, and so do I. I really do. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Brandon Cooks is a really nice three-headed monster at wide receiver. They got nice tight ends. Todd Gurley, we don't, I don't really know what I'm getting out of him anymore. I really don't. Those two arthritic knees are really bothering me. Uh, Darrell Henderson looks like he's okay, so they can't run the football. Like I said, they have to work on finding the assets to try to restructure that offensive line. So I wouldn't be surprised if they traded some defensive pieces. Maybe they traded somebody like Michael Brockers. Maybe they traded somebody like, uh, I don't know, maybe, uh, or maybe like, john johnson or something like that maybe they trade one of their safeties taylor Rapp. but you got to kind of keep in mind this is a team that has to build that offensive line they can't protect jared goff and they just paid him 33 and a half million dollars so if they're going to do that they, they've got to protect their quarterback and they can't do it
2: by or the oakland raiders can win the afc west and get a home playoff game
1: no, I don't think so. I'm going to sell, sell, sell that. I, the Chiefs are still going to win this division. I think it is pretty clear cut. Uh, I do think the Raiders are going to make the playoffs. I think they're a play, uh, I think they're a wild card team. But the Chiefs right now, I think, have pulled pulled away from this division. They're going to get games later in the year. I don't think they're going to finish below 10 wins. I don't think the Raiders get to 10 wins. I think they make the playoffs at either nine and seven or eight and eight, or they just miss it. So no, I don't think the Raiders win the division. I think the Chiefs. Uh, I think the Chiefs still have this division down. Pat
2: buy or sell? The Seattle Seahawks will win the will win the NFC West by sell.
1: No, I'm going to sell that. I sell, still sell, play, sell. I still think the Niners win the division. I think the Niners get a first round bye. But the Seahawks are definitely going to be a playoff team. They're going to be one of the uh, one of the wild card teams. They're going to play. They're going to be the first wild card team. And, again, uh, you look at what the Niners have done compared to the Seahawks. Russell Wilson, despite being the MVP, is elevating a roster that isn't that talented. Kyle Shanahan is coaching a roster that is very talented with a really good quarterback. So I think I have more faith in the Niners to continue their hot streak. Um, I still think the Seahawks are going to be, you know, like an 11-win team. But San Francisco, I think, could win 13 games this year. So. I'm going to stick with the Niners.
2: Buy or sell. Both Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota will be starting quarterbacks for a team week one next year.
1: No, I'm selling that. I, I, think, sell. that, I think that Jameis Winston could be if Tampa decides to keep him. I think Marcus Mariota is done. Marcus Mariota is going to get signed by somebody to be a backup, uh, whether it is Minnesota. I wouldn't, You know who I wouldn't be surprised to bring him in as a backup? and you're, You might actually think this is a pretty good fit. Dallas for a Mariota? Yeah, bring in Marcus Mariota to back up Dak Prescott.
2: I could see that. Like, if I'd like for, to see him if it's a-
1: for a sh- if it's for a small enough amount of money because Dak Prescott's better than Marcus Mariota by a million, but Mariota kind of plays similarly to Dak. You know what I mean? It, Mariota uses his legs a little bit more, but. He would not be a bad backup option. If I, I like,
2: I'd like to see him. Dallas is a good spot. I like to see him maybe to New England. Just, I just, I want to see Mario develop as a quarterback. Just, just, just. just to I don't think they're going to go
1: with that though. I, I, I think New England likes Jarrett Stidham. Well, just, uh, right I now? mean,
2: like, yeah, like a nice little spot, like New England or Green Bay or New, maybe a Nice New little Al- spot. Uh, just, a, yeah, a nice little spot. Yeah, just, just to like get, just to get your career back on track. New Orleans, Green Bay, New England. Uh, Who's
1: Deshaun Watson's backup? Is it, um, it's not Webb, is it? Is it still Webb? What is it, Joe Webb? I couldn't Joe imagine. Webb. Joe oh, Webb. it might be Brandon Whedon. Joe Webb, he started a playoff game. Might be Whedon. No, it can't be Whedon.
2: It, oh, A.J. McCarron.
1: It's, oh, it's McCarron. I
2: loved A.J. McCarron coming out of college.
1: Wow. I did. Surprising. I
2: I loved A.J. McCarron coming out of college. Uh, I I was a big fan of his coming out of college in Alabama. All right. All right, Uh, give
1: me one more, and then we'll go home.
2: uh, Let's go NBA. Buy or sell. David Fisdale will finish the season as the New York Knicks head coach. Buy or sell.
1: Oh, that's so tough. Um, Sell. I think he gets fired. Sell, sell, sell. It's such a shame because I don't think he should get fired. People are saying, like, like, oh, this is Dave Fisdale's doing. Dave Fisdale's doing for what? For being bad? You are going to be bad anyway. This is not a competing roster. It's just not. The Knicks are not supposed to be good this year. So, I, 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 I'm, I'm out on, on this whole notion that they're going to... But it seems like they're already preparing to fire him. So, no, I don't think he finishes the season, even though I think he should. I think, unfortunately, even though I don't think it should happen, I think David Fisdale just get, does get fired. All right, that does it. Uh, that's buy or sell. We do it every single Thursday. Uh, it's Evan's favorite segment. I think you love buy or sell.
2: I love I buy do. or sell. I love Friday Deathmatch. I love. You love all I the love segments. Oscars. I love the Oscars stuff that we're doing. The awards. What Fantastic. are the chances? Yeah, boy. the one that I have. The one that, and I always told you the one I have a tough with is is he worth it. Because is he worth it? I'm like, I'm like, okay, I know I'm repeating It takes this. a lot of extensive it research. Lot, it takes not only that, but it's like I worry about like, oh did I already say this guy? Did I say this guy already? I, like, I don't want like, to keep like repeating names. Yeah. No, I hear no, you. Like, okay, yeah, like I like said, I said Zach. People Willey like yesterday. is he
1: worth it, but they don't like it as much as the other ones. Like I said, so Zach- I'm trying to like usually if I have like a thing I want to do that week, usually I scrap. Is he worth it? Mm-hmm. Even though I like it, and a lot of people do like it, sometimes I I push it to the side for I, something else. Like I
2: said, Zach Williams, I'm like, I know darn well I said his name before.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. That does it for us. Monica Ray, our Big J journalist, awesome, awesome uh, <laughs> award show host. Thank you so much. Hey, and
2: my co-host, Renee. Was,
1: uh, was, Renee Canales. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, shout out to him for stopping by. Absolutely. Thank you, uh, Renee. You're
2: awesome, buddy. Evan
1: Mazza, my producer. I'm Mike Guido. This is the Haystack on the World Wide Sports Radio Network. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll see you.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the World Wide Sports Radio Network.